You know, the other day my son asked me what the Energizer Bunny's eyes looked like. No one knows. Yeah. I told him it probably like were wide open when the batteries really charge, and then they, he just gets sleepier as, as they go. Did you know it's a Duracell Bunny in Europe? <gasps> what? They had a trademark dispute. So they split they up split the territories. The bunny? So the <gasps> bunny is not Energizer. You're kidding, but it's the Europe. same pink bunny? I swear. Exact same bunny. Yeah, there's a whole story behind it. Oh my God, there you go. You did fun fact early this time. See, I have random crap like that in my head. There you go, it's in there. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, to answer your question, I am ready. Okay, well then let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode number 84 of the Goulet Pencast. For those of you not aware, for the three of you that this is your first Pencast you've ever seen, Drew and I were born in 1984. So the number holds a special place in our hearts and especially in Drew's hearts. Um, anyway. But this is where uh, fountain pens are still a thing, this pencast. I am Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we are back after taking a week off. Nice to see you again. Good to see you too, Yeah, girl. it is. Good to see your smiling face and your loud shirts. I really feel like I'm contrasting your shirt today. I'm just, I, I knew you were going to wear something wearing. boring. So I just like, you know what? I need to kick it up a notch. You know what I have on under this? Something exciting. A plain t-shirt. <laughs> a plain dark blue t-shirt. All right. Which I'm, per- I'm, just, I'm overcompensating for my lack of personality. <laughs> That's right. You need a little more vibrancy in your life. Yeah. Um, anyway, we took off last week because we were breaking spring with our kids. Spring break is what they had. Um, anyway. Today, we're going to be talking about Delta pens. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of using interesting inks in finer nibs. We're going to go over our best buy it for life pens. Uh, talk about our process for creating ink sample package sets, our favorite turquoise pens, whatever that color means. And we're going to do a pen battle between the Twisby Eco and the Lamy Safari, perhaps. Maybe some others? I don't know. You had a bunch of options in the notes, and we'll just kind of go with it. I deleted all the other ones. Oh, great. Okay, well, we'll go with that one then. Aha! And then we're going to recap our spring breaks. So should be a fun time, and we'll start off with some feedback. All right. Guess what, Brian? I'm going to make crinkly noises as you're talking. Our friend Natalie. Brian had a busy lunch and had a bunch of people that needed things. So well, you go right ahead, still my buddy. i kind of carrying over, so forgive me, but anyway. Our friend Natalie informed us that we had hit our two-year pencast anniversary. Oh, Two years we've been doing this. How about that? Can you believe that? I don't know what time is anymore. I don't. I didn't think it had been two. <laughs> I feel like we just celebrated one. We did about a year ago. <laughs> Apparently, Golly. two years. Two years. How long did we do right now for? Right now, hmm, I want to say two and a half years, maybe three years. Wow. So there's going to be the point where the original, this... The original Q&A was like seven and a half Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. That one took a while. So I feel like we're just breaking it in. I guess so. Well, 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 wow, yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, Natalie said, happy second anniversary to the Pencast. Brian and Drew, I've loved the adventure from the start and dearly hope we get many more episodes. Well, considering we have no concept of time, we'll mm-hmm. probably just keep doing this until we die. We have, so, a, we have a running inside joke that eventually my daughter, who's rather vivacious, is going to stage a coup, take me out, take the company over, and then stick Drew in this room with a camera that's not plugged in and just like feed him pens and just tell, like, him, tell him to talk into a camera. Here, do, do the pen cast. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, well, this pen's new and fancy. Nope. 
and uh, I'm just not going to do it. It's like, you know, giving your, you know, little baby brother a controller for the N64 so that you can play the PlayStation mm. and he just has no idea. I've definitely done that with my kids and other children. Like, you're doing a great job. Like, oh yeah, you want to play Mario Kart with everybody? Yeah. Okay, here you go. Here's a that's gonna be, controller. That's going to be me, old man mm-hmm. Drew, thinking he's still doing the pen cast. Could be worse. Yeah, I suppose so. I'll take it. Ignorance, um, ignorance is bliss. As long as she pays me, I don't care. <laughs> um, and then Woodthrush Cottage says, do you ever choose a pen and ink to complement your favorite beverage? Mm. Journaling with a fountain pen and a warm coffee is so H-Y-G-G-E. And I was like, what the heck is H-Y-G-G-E? And I looked it up, and I think it's pronounced something close to huga, but... Uh, okay. New word. So what it means is that a different is, language, or is that like it is? A it is like a slang term. It is. Uh, it's um, Danish. Oh. So it means a quality of coziness and comfortable conviviality mm. that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being, regarded as a defining characteristic of I've, Danish culture. I've watched a YouTube video about this. Now that I think about it, see, it reminds me of that that um, that fika uh, term, which I believe it was Swedish you know they had that sailor fika pen that was the same vibe which was about yeah it was just about like a coffee break or a tea break like something where you just stop and you know kind of be in the moment like a like tea time but more mental I guess I don't know but either way this one's more like a lifestyle. It is more of a lifestyle, like, like so, somewhat minimalism, but like just more like, like stoicism. Like well, that well kind I think of a vibe. it's more just like coziness, comfortable conviviality, mm-hmm. engenders a feeling of contentment and well-being. I love that. Yeah, think about like a Nordic sweater. Yeah, like that as your life. Yeah, I'm super into that. So mm. you know, uh, to to answer your question, no, I've definitely never picked a pen to you know uh, pick you know go with my beverage, but. Uh, You've be- definitely I, picked like I definitely, coffee themed. Well, pens. I definitely have two. Yeah, I definitely have two brown pens inked up right now. I do have, you know. So I guess if if coffee is my beverage of choice today, I'm doing it because um, I've got the Banu um, ice caramel latte. But you drink coffee every day, constantly. So you would have to be so basically carry around like a coffee themed pen yeah, every basically. day. Some people say like, how much coffee do you do you drink? And I just say, well, how much is available? Because <laughs> that's really what it depends mm-hmm. on. If if I'm like someplace where there's a like, coffee maker like in the room I'm, I'm constantly just drinking that just drink so, coffee. so why not but anyway yeah that's what i have but um yeah go find something uh huga today and enjoy your conviviality i dig it um i got a feedback here from amanda lozon i had a brutal day at work today cranky customers was alone was insanely warm i work at a dry cleaner and way too much to efficiently get done solo was so happy for it to have been a Friday because I listened to you guys all day. It helped me to feel zen while internally feeling chaotic. Now that it's getting warmer, I can feel Brian's pain with the phone being damp and opening stuff in your pockets. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome, Amanda. I'm glad that we could be a little bright spot in your life. Thank you for helping everybody's clothes get cleaner. Yes. Making the world a cleaner place. I recently watched a video on dry cleaning, like definitively what is dry cleaning and the difference between dry cleaning and laundering and... It's pretty fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. A lot of chemistry involved. Yeah. My uh, my grandfather had a laundromat, and my dad, one of his earliest things as a kid was to go and, like, clean out all the things in the laundromat. Not, it was, so it wasn't a dry cleaner. It was a laundromat, mm-hmm. but he still had to use some pretty gnarly chemicals Ooh. that he uh, tells me about that would basically, like, make him feel like he was floating off the ground. And I was like, that probably wasn't great as a 10-year-old. Well, he's still alive, so. He is. Great. And... I got more feedback. I don't know why I just took a bite because now I've <laughs> got a 
kind of chew and eat, which bothers <laughs> Rachel, but I do it all the time. She doesn't listen to this. She doesn't. One hundred percent. Forgive me, everybody. She cannot wrap her head around the fact that anybody would listen to this. Nonetheless, she's like, "How long was it this time?" Oh, yeah, about two ten. Two hours and ten. Why would anybody listen to you two talk for two hours? She literally told me, she's like, I don't like anything enough to watch anything for two hours about no. it. And I was like, well, I do it all the time. So. Oh, God. Everybody. Well, you got to be wired for it. No, and people often comment like, why doesn't Rachel do a pen cast? Like, she would be. She can't. No, this would, she would hate this. She doesn't have the endurance for no. this. Especially with us involved. Oh, goodness. Hmm. Anyway, Lucky Ben says, so chat BT, blah, blah, blah. So ChatGPT is trained off of content on the internet. Given the content that Brian and Drew have put out over the years as a proportion of the fountain pen content available, how much of ChatGPT's preferences are informed by the pen cast? Enjoy the soft existential crisis. So is it telling us what we would tell ourselves? <gasps> so I asked it a couple of questions because I was curious. I said, if someone asks you a question about fountain pens, how much is your response shaped by Brian Goulet, Drew Brown, and the content created by the Goulet Pen Company? Mm -hmm. And it gave, you know, a longer response than I'll read, but it says, as an AI language model, my knowledge is based on the text corpus I was trained on, which includes a variety of sources. While Brian Goulet drew around and the content created by the Goulet Pen Company are well known in the fountain pen community and maybe among sources I've learned from, my responses are not solely shaped by their content. So Doesn't corpus mean corpse? I don't think so. Oh. Corpus means like a body, like a body of work. Oh, okay. I believe. So... You know, you know what? I've heard of Corpus Christi, and I knew that was Body of Christ, but I guess I always thought it was a dead body, and Maybe assumed it, it was can corpse. Be used in that context, I think you're probably right. I think it's just body, but I just I I, it sounded like corpse to me, so I'm like, I I'm probably Jesus's dead body, I'm not, not yeah. like a crucifixed body. I think it's crucified. more like a, I think it's a somewhat more ethereal body. <laughs> I see. Okay, like that a makes body, more sense. like a body of like an organization or like a, something like that. Yeah, I feel anyway, quite dumb now. Like a, right. a body of knowledge, that, as it would be in this context. All of this makes far more sense than what Clearly the robots are smarter than both of us. Absolutely. Um, okay, and then I said, write a single sentence that describes Drew Brown uh -oh. the Goulet Pen Company. Oh, snap. It said, Drew Brown is a knowledgeable and passionate fountain pen expert at the Goulet Pen Company, <clears throat> known for his engaging presentations and commitment to helping customers explore the world of writing instruments. I'll take that part. That was pretty spot on. Yeah. At least my intentions are. And then I said, uh, write a single sentence that describes Brian Goulet uh -oh. of the Goulet Pen Company. It said, Brian Goulet, co-founder of the Goulet Pen Company, is a fountain pen enthusiast and entrepreneur who has built a, a strong community around his informative content, educational resources, and dedication to customer service in the world of fine writing instruments. And semi-fine. I can't disagree. Yeah, we have some less than fine. <laughs> we have some just okay writing instruments. We do. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of fun. I had previously asked. I legitimately couldn't remember if I talked about this on a pencast previously, so I didn't look it up again. But I had one that was like to pick pens for the both of us. I think I talked about this, didn't I? I don't know. We've covered AI since we it have. came out. Yeah. I'm talking about it a lot. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But it's kind of taken over our world. But anyway, and then Mark Nathalie says, I noticed that Brian crossed the L and the T on pilot with the FA nib when I used that in the last pencast. Yep, sure did. Um, that is, uh, especially if I'm trying to talk while I write, I can't friggin' write yeah. a dang thing. Like, I think every time we shoot a video and I'm trying to shoot the B-roll, which is like the supplemental footage we put over top of the whatever we're talking about. Every time I do it, I comment. I'm like trying to talk and write. And then I'm, I can tell that my writing is just like, and I'm like, I'm malfunctioning. Yeah. Like, I have to stop and just write. 
and then overlay it because I literally can't do both at the same time. It's pretty, pretty so funny it's, because last week we were talking about how inconsistent both of our handwriting is yeah. and how our L's are both different sizes all the mm -hmm. times and how sometimes we just don't write certain letters because we can't do them well and about how I sometimes when I miss an I in my words, I just dot a random letter and hope yeah. that no one notices. Sure. And in that same episode is the one where you cross an L. Like, yeah. that's just I didn't even, perfect. I wasn't trying to demonstrate that. It's but perfect. it just happened perfect. so naturally. Yep. Sometimes I have to redo like the Nibnook writing samples mm -hmm. that we do. I have to redo them not uncommonly. I remember the most um, recent one you did with the 743, you came in and told our lead photographer, Glenn, like, I did it all in one piece of paper. And I was like, what, what does that mean? That means that I like didn't screw it up so bad that I had used multiple sheets <laughs> to write out like three or four pens. I didn't know that that was a rare occurrence. Yeah, oh well, yeah. All if right. you go back and look, because we keep all of our Nibnook writing samples literally that we've ever done. And if you go back and look through it, it looks kind of insane. Because you're like, wow, <laughs> is it that hard to write one line of text? Sometimes it's because it's like, oh, it's I, I scrunched it up too much or mm -hmm. it's not like really showing it, the nib as well. I want it to represent well. But other times it's like, oh, I meant to write cursive, but I forgot the R. Yeah. So it's like cursive and I'm like, you know, I'm just writing humps and swirls and, you know, well, who knows what comes out the end at the other side. So anyway, that's how it goes. I have a box at home that has my soldering iron in it and all my, you know, my flux and my, you know, whatever. The, yeah. All, the, all the, the box that I get down whenever I need to solder something. Sure. And I mis misspelled it the first time I wrote it in big Sharpie. So every time I pick it up, it's just soldering, soldering equipment. Because there's no R. Yeah. Yeah. And I see Still it. Your... And, every, and it's just a cool reminder every time about... Yeah, yeah. How dumb I am. It's all right. Anyway, it's not it's not dumb. It's uh, careless. Thank you. I'll remember <laughs> I'm that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't criticize. I'm the exact same <laughs> way. All right, that's what we got for feedback. Let's talk about some new stuff. All right, folks, we got some new things in the building, and I want to talk about them. Or on the website, I guess. I mean, they're in the building too. Some of them are. You can't see them in the building, but you can see them on our website. So, I want to talk about those things. First one we got is the Esterbrook Jr. in Palm green. Palm. Uh, this is a 157. 50 is what this pen is going for right at the moment. Um, I don't remember the nib options. Stainless steel nib. The JR, it's a smaller pen. I don't know. Did it make, I don't think it made the cut for pocket pens, did it? It did. It did. So here's the thing. Okay. I was prepping a video for pocket pens and Which is yet I, to be released. But and I, and I wasn't going to add the Prera or the JR. Mm -hmm. But then I realized upon measuring that the Prera is actually smaller than the VAC Mini. Get out. And the VAC Mini is only like a couple, is, is only slightly smaller than the JR. And the JR is called a pocket. So I was like, all right, you know what? Yeah. So I upped my threshold a little bit till I think mm -hmm. 125 millimeters. Okay. So I could get that one in there. There is and, no like specific term for what is a pocket pen. So no. we do get asked about like a pocket pen, but it's like, Technically, yeah. all pens can fit in your pocket. So, like, what, yeah, I what did, makes it good? It's so very. Subjective. It is. It was the high, it was the most most lengthy one on the list. Okay, but I did put it in there. Okay, nice looking pen though. So it's basically same pen, new material. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, if you're interested in that, go check it out. Esther Brooks got that. We also have another thing from Esther Brook. Um, we haven't done a lot of like accessories, but these ones are pretty interesting. So we've done. They had like a book holder that was a nib. They had another one that was a B. Mm -hmm. This one is a butterfly, um, and it's kind of cool. It's like a enameling, so it's not just a solid chunk of metal. It's it's got some color and it looks yeah. pretty attractive. Yeah. And and we like the. I mean, the nib one was good because it was like very fountain pen specific, but it was like 
longer and narrower. So it didn't actually hold the book open as well as like the bee did with its wings spread out. So with this butterfly one, it's got broader wings. So we're like, okay, this is kind of cool. So um, we've got those. I think we have two different colors. Yeah, we've got two different colors. And um, if today is Friday when you're watching this, it's like the you know broad release of this. It's like releasing everywhere on the same day. So mm-hmm. um, as of right now, when so we're recording butter- this, the butterflies it's, it's are not flying up, out it's of not the up on chrysalis. the website at this moment, yeah. but by Friday, it'll be out and about for everybody to get. There you it. go. So anyway, check those out. We're very curious to see what y'all think because we don't carry a lot of random stuff like this. Um, and then we have, are we good to talk about this? I guess we it's on the website. One. It's on the website. Okay. That's right. Good. I was out last week, like really out. So I'm still catching up. Yeah. You can sign up, for the, sign up for the wait list on this one. This next one. And we'll talk about it next week. Not the too, butterfly though. clips. Yeah. Okay. We'll double up on it. I'll give a little heads up for everybody. Yeah. But um, we have another exclusive sailor pen coming out. So this is part of our Northern Lights collection. If you remember last time we had the purple which is gorgeous. And this time we have a blue. So um, anyway, it's up on the website. We have it in slim and full-size per gear versions, um, full nib arrangement uh, that we normally do, but it looks gorgeous. We're planning on doing a whole separate video just on that to pick like ink colors and all that. It'll be a couple of weeks probably before we get that done. But, um, and then with that, we're gonna have a free sticker with art by oh, am I say this wrong, Thales Medeiros. I put the pronunciation in there. You did? Ah, uh, Thales. Medeiros. Yeah. Talis. Cool. I like that. <laughs> Talis Medeiros. <laughs> People always think that we know how to say things just because we have a camera and a microphone. <laughs> we don't know how to pronounce anything more than anybody else. So we like have to check up on it, which Drew did. And then I ignored it. But then he corrected me and then I said it. Um, but it will be uh, it's a super adorable picture. I'll put it up right now for you to see. Um, but uh, it will come free with every 10. We're Yay. not uh, planning to sell them separately, though. So, yep. Get a you, pen. Can, you can buy one and get a free pen with it. That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right, Drew, what do you got? Uh, well, speaking of pocket pens, hey, we have a new pocket pen in the form of the Monteverde MVP. And, this one um, is pretty obviously intended to be a pocket most pen. Most definitely. It's only $28, comes in three colors, and uh, is uh, pretty much a tiny useless nugget until you post it, which it threads to post, and then it becomes a more <laughs> full-sized uh, practical. I'm sure they will love that you called it a tiny useless nugget. Well, you know, it's 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 not practical. It's, pretty it's comical too, to try to write with it. Yeah, without it's posting silly. It. I mean, it's it's like trying to write with the traveler's brass pen. You can like hide it in your hands and be like, look, I can write with just my finger. Yeah, you like, could. It's tiny. Uh, but you could also eyedropper it. It does have an O-ring in there. So mm-hmm. it is um, intended to be eyedroppered. It does have a disposable pipette in the box. So if you want to do that and then put it in your pocket, be my guest. I probably wouldn't do it, but I'm afraid of eyedroppers. So don't listen to me. Um, but it's available. Yeah, you wouldn't right want to now. get any ink on a shirt like this. It would no, really it, it's, stand out I don't a lot. Want to, I obviously don't want to stand out at all. I hate <laughs> when people pay attention to me. Yeah. Um, and then this isn't super exciting, but we are carrying some plain black pilot, uh, sailor Pro Gears and Pro Gear Slims. Woo! Um, Plain black pens. You know, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> we didn't. We should have picked these up when we first started carrying Sailor, but we were told that the 1911 was the big pen, and yeah. that's what we should be putting all of Which our energy it was, behind. It was at the, the time, time, but now the Pro Gear seems to be kicking down the door of popularity. So for us, um, for us at least, Pro Gear outsells 1911. Yeah. So we went ahead and said, you know what? If anybody wants just a standard, you know, black pro gear, let's let them have it. So um, down at 220 for the slim and 312 for the full size, they're available now. And, um, you know, prices continue to go up, but 
some of these older pens will retain their lower prices. So yeah, Sailor, are, Sailor is kind of unique in that way. Basically, when they're introducing new things as they have price increases, they don't, they're not doing it across the board. Right. They're basically anything that's already out, they keep at whatever price that it was. So there are some pens now that are like substantially cheaper. Same model of pen, just a different color version. It's a little confusing for y'all, and I'm really sorry about that. But just know that if you see different prices for like a Pro Gear Slim or a 1911 or whatever, and you're like, why is this pen... It's 50 or $100 more. It's because of when they were released and their sailors' specific pricing policy. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So yeah, it'll stay that way and it'll be there for you if you need it. Um, and then two new Ferris wheel press inks. We have Glistening Glass. That's one of the smaller bottles in the 20 milliliter size and that's $21. Um, and it is a dark blue with gold shimmer. So they're mm -hmm. glistening glass, lovely. Mm -hmm. And then um, yeah, Ferris wheel press, they just keep on coming out with new ones. So um, you take a week off and there's gonna be two new Ferris wheel press inks. There That's literally like, are two new yeah. ones. I'm like, I know nothing about these. Right. So <laughs> Ferris wheel press blue Yosemite Falls. This is one of their more standard inks and the uh, larger 38 mil bottle. And that's $22. And it's just a uh, delightful, very Ferris wheel pressy light blue. And mm -hmm. um, before we move on to Q and A's, Brian, I want to share some 1984 facts with you. Oh. I took a little bit of time. Some of this is already in my head because I like talking about the year 1984, the greatest you're, you're year known, in the history of mankind. You're going to be a fan of the number 84. But uh, I, you know, I figured I'd pepper in some 1984 facts for everybody, for awesome. our delightful viewing public. Um, do you know that the Roman numeral for 1984 is the only large Roman numeral that I've ever memorized? I did not know that. It is. It is M-C-M-L-X-X-X-I-V. And I memorized it because, because it's located at the bottom of Van Halen's 1984 album. <laughs> that is very specific. Because Van Halen's 1984 album came out in 1984. Also, the movie 1984 came out in 1984. I Can you tell me another movie. year that had any sort of that happening? No. Because 1984 um, is the nexus of space-time. Didn't they come out with a 2012 movie in 2012? I think so. Because that was like the Mayan no album or something? No Van Halen album. Maybe. Just get out of here with your Maybe 2012. Not. I don't know. Um, starting off the year... January 23rd was, uh, in many ways, the birth of Hulkamania when Hulk Hogan oh. won his belt over the Iron Sheik. So Thank let's just you know, get you. this. One day later, after Hulkamania was born, the Macintosh computer was released. Now we're talking. How about that? Now we're and talking. then May 5th, just a little bit longer than that, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle intellectual property came out in the form of a comic book. Now that I, and just three days after that, Brian, you're just hitting me the up. first Transformers comic showed up. Wow. So both Ninja Turtles and Transformers not only were born in 1984, mere days apart from each other. Wow. Right? Wow. Both spawned multi-million dollar, decades-long franchises that endure to this day. 84. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll table some of the you're rest. You're going to sprinkle them throughout I'll the episode them. here? So there you go. Just, just, a, little, just a little peppering. We can move on to a Q&A if you'd like. I, th I think we're good to go. Beep, beep, beep. All right. Okay. okay. Q&A. Yeah, man. All right. Drew, kick, kick us off. We're kicking things off with Mr. <clears throat> Cat 3493. Mr. Cat says, well, it's impressive that he can type. Yeah. Um, Hi, Brian and Drew. Can you talk about Delta as a company? Mm -hmm. The pen industry doesn't seem to share a lot of information, but I'm curious about how they came back. I thought all the Delta people went their separate ways, founding companies like Mayora. Is the new Delta a resurrected brand like Estabrook? That's great, a good question. Cause great question. We were recently talking about the Dolce yeah. Vita and how it came mm -hmm. back and yeah. stuff. Um, it's pertinent. It's relevant. Um, first thing when you said, like, can you talk to, about Delta as a company? I was thinking, like, 
doing an impression of the company Delta. Like, oh, oh. I'm Delta, I make pens. You could have also gone with the airline. Oh, that's true, right? Um, okay, anyway, that's goofy. But uh, I, So I don't know a whole lot, but I know probably more than most of you all. So I'll share what I know, but I definitely don't like, like all the dirty details of everything that happened. Um, but uh, basically, Delta originally founded in 1982. Uh, there were three partners, Nino Marino, Chiro Matrone, and Mario Muschietti. Um, they faced some financial troubles in 2018. The company wound down. Um, I don't really know a lot of the details of all that, but I believe that Delta was kind of like frozen in time. So, you know, this, 2018, it's like a relatively recent thing, right? Yeah. Esterbrook is a different situation, and I've got some some stuff about that in a second. Um, but it's basically, it, w- it was a, a unique scenario because everything was kind of like left there. Like there was a factory, there was all the materials and nibs and all that stuff. So it was all just kind of like there. In Still the in the building. Yeah. So from what I understand, because it was like a financial kind of scenario, there was like legal stuff that was being worked out around all that. And so it was kind of like, no one can do anything with this it because like it's all kind of like tied up. Boarded up the windows and left I alone. guess. I don't really know any details. I've never really seen the factory or anything like that. But that's what I understand kind of happened. It's a different situation than like Omos, if you remember that was different because they kind of went under and they got like busted apart and, you know, sold for Yeah, parts, like somebody got the name, somebody got the stuff. Somebody got like the nibs and some of the nib equipment. There was other materials that went somewhere else. Yeah. That truly did get like disintegrated and yeah. it will never be back the way that it was. Um, that is probably most likely how most companies dissolve over time. And that might be what imagine. people are assuming happened to Delta. It could be, but the uh, Delta is a more unique situation because it was essentially just kind of like everything was like frozen. Um, and so, um, uh, I don't really know anything about Mario. And then I know that Chiro and his son are the ones that started Leonardo Officina. Uh, Nino is the one who went to revive Natuno. Natuno was an older brand that he was reviving sort of like an Esterbrook situation or, um, you know, like Natuno, I don't know how long ago Natuno stopped being made, but I think it was like a hundred year old brand that hadn't been made in a while. So he was reviving Natuno and then Mayora, he was, he was behind both of those. Mayora was his own new brand. So you have Natuno and Mayora that were all kind of the same vibe, but they had like strong, like Delta vibes, mm-hmm. you know, some of the design Definitely. things because it was the same guy who was designing the Delta yeah. pens, but just, you know, not with Delta factory Delta things, you know, but it's similar kind of essence. Um, but Nino is now with, I don't know all the behind the scenes stuff, but Nino is now the one behind Delta. So not the other partners, but it's Nino. So one of the original partners, he designed a lot of the pens. I don't know if he designed all the pens, but I think he was like one of the head guys that like did all the pen designs and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and so he's the one reviving Delta in the original factory with the equipment, with the materials, with all the stuff. So it really is like kind of more of like an unfreezing of the company. An awakening almost. Yeah, like a reawakening. Sort yeah. of like when Han Solo was frozen in Ooh, carbonite. Oh, yeah. And then he kind of like came out of it. He took him a little while to kind of reorient, mm-hmm. but he came out and he was Han Solo again. That's right. So you like you like that yeah. uh, you like Instead that of reference? a big dark blur, he sees a big light blur. There you go. So um, that's kind of the, the basis of what I understand is happening. It's a little different. So like Esterbrook, to talk about that, since you talked about, you know, you asked about them specifically. Esterbrook was different. Esterbrook is super old. So they were founded in 1858. Oh my God. One of the like earliest companies around. Maybe maybe the first. I don't know. That's pretty friggin' old. That's super old. Um, that's like before the Civil War. It's, 
yeah, before the end of the Civil War, Jeez. right? I was eight, 1864. It was in the 60s. I actually don't know how it lasted. So it might have been know. during or It was before. like three or four years. I don't know. I'm getting out of my, my zone. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Esterbrook went from that time until about the mid-60s. They, like many companies, got seriously disrupted with the ballpoint pen and all the other changing technology and the rise of computers and so on. Um, there was a series of like mergers and acquisitions that slowly kind of like, you know, just the brand wasn't selling as well. It wasn't like on the forefront of things. It got merged, acquired and a bunch of things and just kind of like mm, got sunsetted more or less, you know, sometime in the 80s is when they basically kind of cut it completely. And then basically Esterbrook was nothing for a good, I don't know, 30, 35 years. Um, Rob Rosenberg started to revive it for a couple of years there, but then Ken Rowe, who are the ones behind Esterbrook, uh, obviously. Currently. Um, currently, yeah. but they also are the U.S. distributors for Montegrappa, Aurora, uh, a couple other brands that uh, we've had before. Um, and they, but they, they bought the um, Esterbrook and yeah. they are basically redesigning, like they're, they're basically in the spirit of the original Esterbrook, but it's not the same people, equipment, or anything because it's been too long. You yeah. know what I mean? Like n- nobody over a hundred years working with. Yeah, like well, especially like originally, but like even if somebody could have been there from the eighties or yeah. whatever, there all was, the equipment's gone. It's all got, There's nothing. There's nothing there yeah. anymore. And really, honestly, it was probably from the sixties when they first started to get acquired and all that kind of stuff before yeah. like Esterbrook. Really, I'm not an Esterbrook expert, but I can imagine a situation with mergers and acquisitions as the in, the the whole industry was on a decline. They were not like thriving, right? They right. were probably like a shell of their former selves yeah. for a good 20 years before they they closed down. So, um, but Esterbrook, Kenro now with Esterbrook is is reviving that brand. So it's different because they're truly doing it like from scratch. So they're, they're doing it. So Delta is same person who founded it, same factory, same kind of stuff that's basically been frozen in carbonite for five years and now is being brought back. Whereas Esterbrook is truly like a revival um, in the spirit of it. Um, it's kind of more similar to situation. You know, some of this is like so inside baseball, nobody cares, but others of y'all are interested because it's like, oh, this is like how the sausage actually gets made. Because like, not only are you trying to make pens, but like people have to run businesses and there's like logistics and stuff that has to happen for that to make sense. Um, it was a sort of a situation like Montegrappa. They sold Montegrappa years ago, like in around the 2000s or so to Richemont, who's a company that owns like the conglomerate that owns Mont Blanc. So um, they basically sold that brand. They kept it as Montegrappa, but it was basically Mont Blanc's company that was making them. They did that for like eight years or so. And then Giuseppe Aquila brought it, bought it back. Yes. So still in the original factory. He's the designer, the founder. It was his grandfather that started the company. So it's a, it's a more similar situation, a bit, a bit different, of course, but similar to like a revival, rebirth, re- yeah. reawakening of what the company was in more of its former glory. So that's that's kind of what we're hoping to see from Delta. Obviously, it's still in the process of getting up and in the works. But from the two pens that we've seen come out with them so far, they had the 39 plus one last year. And it was like, okay, this is a new model they never had before, yeah. but it had some of the same essence. And then we had the opportunity to do a small exclusive with them, the, the Dolce Vita with the blue. It was like, okay. 
I recognize this material because they had that in the Fusion 82 back mm -hmm. in the day. We carried that pen. Same kind of stuff. I have several Dolce Vita's in my personal collection and I'm like holding them up side by side. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is like, it really feels like they kind of didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Um, except now they got Yovo nibs, which I like even more. Yeah, so I'm happy with that. That's pretty cool. So, you know, bottom line, making pens is hard. Um, and there's a lot to get up and going on that, but we're very optimistic to see what Delta has and that's kind of their whole situation. So there's, there's a context yeah, well that I know. Well yeah, played. yeah, it's kind of interesting. Go. Um, all right, I got a question for you, Drew, from That Pen Guy. Oh, That Pen Guy. That Pen Guy. I see. Uh, can you enjoy all the fancy qualities of inks, even if you prefer to use finer nibs? And you're a finer nib guy, so this is a good question for I you. I am. I do prefer a finer nib. And the answer is yes, absolutely. Are you and a fancy ink guy? I would consider you a... I don't, I don't fancy. Are no, you a fancy ink guy? I'm not, because I don't, I don't no. gravitate towards shimmer sheen or... Really? Like, no, not really. I, I'm, I guess, like, after about eight years like writing with fountain pens I'm constantly just like, shimmer 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 I shimmer, just, shimmer i just want ones that work and i don't need to worry about so i usually just pick something low maintenance um mm. but yeah the short answer is absolutely yes and i'm glad you asked that mr pen guy because i do know that in the past and my friend crystal has pointed this out to me several times Sorry for um we have mentioned that uh in a lot of cases Broader nibs are better for sheen and shimmer and things like that. And if I've ever said that, what I mean is not that they will perform better and or you will have a better writing experience. It's just that they, they puts more of that stuff on the page so you can see it better. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I hope I didn't scare anybody off that, you know, wanted to use a shimmer ink in their extra fine pen because you can absolutely do it. But you're just putting less ink down on the paper and... Don't mind me. Brian's literally just dropping I'm food a, out of a, his face. I'm eating a Swiss cake roll right now. <laughs> I haven't had one in probably 10 years. <laughs> but our customer care team bought, bought a box and I was like, ooh. I feel like, did they, food. It's hitting the spot. Sometimes I think food I gets smaller. For, I have a method for eating these. Oh, this has been downsized for sure. Okay, but then also like you grow up and you get bigger and I'm like, what? what is it? Is it? It's oh, both. So, so you eat the stuff from the outside? Well, so there's a whole backstory. <laughs> I figured it'd probably over the conversation. So Swiss cake rolls, my grandmother would always keep these in the refrigerator. That sounds for good. For when grandkids would come over. Um, my grandmother had nine kids. This is on my mom's Jeez. side. There were nine kids. So you can imagine how many cousins and stuff I have. Um, so she would always keep these in her fridge. And so I always had like cold Swiss cake rolls. That was the thing I remember. They melt slower that way. They had a cookie jar that was a clown head. Oh, God. That was really creepy. Ugh. But there were cookies in it. So I always looked in there. But sometimes there were cookies and sometimes there weren't. Mm. And yeah, anyway. That's why clones were cool. cake rolls. So that was like the highlight of visiting my grandparents there as a go. young kid. Um, but yeah, I just developed this method where I eat the chocolate shell from the outside. Yep. Starting from the like, the roll, the end of the roll. Oh, so you unroll it. You, I unroll the chocolate part. Wow. It's easier when it's cold. It's really warm in here. So it's like not, it had <laughs> got a lot of integrity. But then like this little part right here, like the chocolate's thicker. Yeah. Like where this, the roll kind of starts in there. Yeah. So I, I start from there and I go there, I eat that part. And then I like start to unravel the cake part as I sort of like lick the icing out until it's like just like one tube. There and we I, go. Like, munch the so tube audio way. listeners, you are missing out. <laughs> this is why we do a video podcast so that you can see the cake, magic. Right? Whereas Brian, mm. not messily at all, is taking out a Swiss cake roll. It's a little messy because <laughs> it's really warm and everything's kind of floppy. But there you go. So I got my oh chocolate my shell. I'll take care of it. And actually, I forgot a step. I would bite <laughs> the end. 
forgot to stop. Because you got to get the you got to get the end off, right? Yeah, so that it unwraps more cleanly. Right, that it, that's adhesive mm-hmm. back there. You can't be battling exactly. that. There then you, go. you can like unroll the. Then cake. you unroll it. <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyway, finer nibs with so-called fancy. What ink. are you talking about? Is this a pen podcast? I assume you're talking about uh, sheen, shading, and shimmer as fancy ink properties. Um, but yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. finer nibs are just fine with those. Um, with sheen, I think that shows up excellently with extra fine nibs. Oh yeah, shimmer, you know, it's there. Um, shading also excellent. So I mean, it's all there. It's just mm. less of it, so it's not it's as excellent. It's not. Yeah, depends. Yeah, it, it depends. It depends I mean, a lot on the paper. You yeah, with depends a lot on the paper. It does depend a lot. So a coated paper like Tomoe, obviously, it's going to yeah. pool more. Yeah. And shading is dependent on pooling because that's mm-hmm. what the shading is. It's when you lift up your pen and some sits there after you raise your nib up off the page. Mm-hmm. So the more times you lift your pen up, the more shading opportunities you will get. But if you've got a very absorbent paper. It, nothing is going to pool. It's just going to absorb as you go, no matter what. So you're, instead of pooling, you're just going to get feathering. Um, yeah. That sometimes. But yeah, you can absolutely do it. Um, it. The only con is that these properties won't be as obvious just at a glance. You're going to have to look mm-hmm. for them. If you've got, a, you know, for like a Sailor Monyo ink that has some dual shading, you're going to have to like look for, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of, I see where the little green halo is. Yeah. Whereas if you're using a double broad, you're not going to need to look for it. It's going to be right there. Yeah. That's the only thing though. Now There's nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> nothing bad is going to happen <laughs> if you use an extra fine nib or anything like that. The mm-hmm. feed is the same. So um, it's traveling through the same channels. It's just what you're distributing on the paper is different. On most pens. Some pens, like I know Twisby, they do use... A slightly more constricted feed for their extra fine and fine nibs. Twisby is different, yeah. To help with that, but I've never, I personally have never experienced like a problem with no. flow or anything with no. a, with a shimmering ink. Especially Twisby seal yeah. super well too. Any shimmer ink or any pigmented ink, those are going to be the ones that are the most susceptible to a variance in like a nib size, just because there's like a physical particulate in that ink that can can like restrict the flow. Um, but as long as you keep your pen clean and you maintain it and stuff like that, yeah, it's you fine. should be fine. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. It's really just a matter of like, if you like the Miami Dolphins or whatever, you just need to decide, do you want a Miami Dolphins hat or do you want a sweet Miami Dolphins starter jacket from 94? If you really want to show off your Miami Dolphins pride and you want to rep Mr. Dan Marino, you're going to get that starter jacket. Wow. But you know what? Maybe you don't need the starter jacket. Maybe you just need a hat. If you're If the extra fine nib is the hat. Double broad is the starter jacket. I've never thought of that as an analogy, but well, it kind of works. that's how my brain works. So there All you right. go. Fair enough. Did you ever have a starter jacket in the 90s, Brian? I had a knockoff. Oh, you did? Sort of a jacket. I had a starter jacket. Whoa, like a genuine a starter genuine, jacket? A genuine. Wow. I knew nothing about sports, but oh, me, that, was, me that was what you had if you, yeah. if you wanted to be cool. In '94, yeah. what jacket was it? Uh, what, it was what? it was a very '90s team, like a team that was very popular in the '90s. Dallas, Bas- Dallas Bas- Cowboys basketball, basketball, Chicago Bulls. Nope, close. Okay, like there's probably two more that were super popular in the '90s: Bulls uh, and then two more teams. I've already tapped right. out. Of I was my telling you the Hornets were one. The Hornets, okay. And then there was Orlando Magic. The Magic, yeah, that's I, right. Magic Johnson, right? Had, no, that was Shaquille. O'Neal. That was Shaquille. Yeah. So I had I Magic had, Johnson was a Laker. I don't remember. But I had, an, I had an Orlando Magic um, starter jacket. It was blue and black. It was sweet, man. It's a cool, they had a cool color yeah. scheme. I think yeah. my brother actually had a Dolphins one, maybe. I don't I know. remember the Dolphins being a thing. Yeah, the Dolphins were popular. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys were definitely like popular. Super popular. Oh, yeah. Cowboys and the Bulls. I remember that a lot. Definitely. Here. See, we're in Virginia. We don't have a professional sports team no. of, any, of any sport in Virginia. Nope. 
we have minor league and some other things, but we have nothing, nothing professional. So we yeah. do, we can just like latch onto whoever else is. So we just like to bandwagon onto whoever's winning. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just not pay attention. Don't pay attention at all. all. That's, there we go. We've talked about the sports things here before. Us. Cool. Um, all right. From Zumb Pen. All right. Best buy it for life fountain pen. Ooh. Good B- question. B I F L. Brian. Brian, it for life. Mm. Um, so I love this question. This is exciting. It's a good question. So what was the? So I'm sure you picked just one, um, very quickly, and uh, you have a definitive answer to give the people. So I'll I'll turn it over to you. So what oh, is your? Well, I didn't interpret this as like what's what is my, your? What's my choice? What is your best buy it for life fountain pen? And it's and I see it's a singular pen with one. So. Okay, you want me to come up with one choice? At the well, end of I'm this? just no. I'm, I literally know you didn't because I can see the notes here. I'm just trolling you. Oh, I got a lot of notes. Oh, I know you do. I'll pick one. We'll see. We'll see. You'll um, pick one and then you'll pick another. No, I will pick, <laughs> I'll, pick another. I'll pick one. I'll pick one. <laughs> okay. Um, first off, we have a really, really, one of our like all-time most popular videos we've ever done is these seven fountain pens to last a lifetime, which I think is like very similar to what yeah, we're talking you've done about here. Yes, we did a revival of that. I had the OG one. I should have looked at the, I didn't pull the, which pens were in the newer one. The The newer one was a little bit one. different. Um because you, you intentionally picked ones that weren't in the first one. Yeah, but I mean, that kind of works here too. So seven pens to last a lifetime. Okay, we're, we're, you know, we got a leisure amount of time here. We can, I can look these up real quick. Yeah, yeah, 2022. 20, okay, shush, Brian. <laughs> okay. All right, so, yep. Okay, oh my gosh. I did more than seven pens. Gosh, this is my MO, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, no, wait a minute, hang on. No, okay. I talked about other pens. Okay, no, no, no. I actually had a list. Okay. Anyway, I I, I digress. Yes, you do. No, I lost my notes. Okay. <laughs> I told you, like, when things get really busy for me, I end up with, like, multiple windows, mul- many tabs to where I can't tell what's oh going on. Oh, my God. Heaven help me if I cl- right, like, you, you minimize this tab. out. I'm going to split some well, more. I have notes. I have notes. All right. I'm, I'm, I can go back to the 84 facts. All right. Throw an 84 facts All while right. I gather my, you just, you compose just myself settle, here. You just settle down. All right. Um... <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, the first Transformer episode happened in September 17th of 1984. So both the comic and the cartoon started the same year. The comic okay. predated the cartoon quite a little bit, but they were both happening. I liked the Transformers toys, but I I didn't, don't think I ever really watched the show. I loved the show, or at least the first season. I don't really recall. Um, Alex Trebek's first Jeopardy appearance was in 1984. He's Canadian. Well, Okay. And the first MTV, my family's Canadian. The so. first MTV Video Music Award happened in 1984. Okay. Some of the uh, some of the biggest albums of 1984, the ones that I cared for anyway, because yeah. I'm the one making this list. Purple Rain, mm-hmm. Metallica's Ride the Lightning. Yep. Um, Madonna's Like a Virgin, Twisted Sisters' Stay Hungry, which mm. included the you know eponymous song Stay Hungry, as well as We Are Not Gonna Take It. Yes. Um, Survivor's Vital Signs which you know how I feel about Survivor. Everybody knows what you're talking about there. Um, Run DMC had their debut with the album Classic. Run DMC. Classic. And also, um, I am—I don't know a lot about the Talking Heads, but I do believe that their Stop Making Sense album was quite popular, and that also happened in 1984. You got one more that you left off this list. Name Van Halen's 1984? Pretty important. No, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Uh I actually don't know that that happened in 1984. I'm pretty sure it did. I'm pretty sure it didn't. I'm pretty sure I'm going to look it up. Okay, you go for it. Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Yep, 1984. Oh, no, wait. Mm-hmm. It was 1982. Yep. Okay, my apologies. I've spent some time 
looking I up 1984 stuff, I can stuff, never Brian. go toe-to-toe with you on 1984 facts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready to go back to pens? Yeah, let's do lifetime it. Lifetime pens? We're taking a lifetime answer to the question. That's for sure. All right. Um, so in my original video, I had the Lamy 2000. Still holds up. Solid. Um, that's very contender. Yep. We had the Keras Customs, which we don't carry anymore. I think now, I don't even know if they're making fountain pens. I think they're focusing on ballpoints and other I things. Th- I think they're still making fountain pens. Are they? I don't know if they are, but they were like, I mean, you could, I threw it across the parking lot, drove over with a car. Like that was more like a durability thing. Um, Platinum 3776. I would stand by that one too. Pilot Custom 823. Still holds up. Edison Premier. Yeah. Very solid pen. Though, obviously, smaller maker. Uh, Visconti Homo Sapiens. Solid pen. I've been using that for a long time. Uh, and Namiki Machia. I just kind of lumped Machia into all the category. So these mostly pretty much hold up. The ones that I would say, like, oh, not as sure. Like, you know, the Homo Sapiens has gone through a lot of changes. So some of those, the Keras Customs, obviously, is a little harder to get now. Not sure about them, like, long term as a company. But, like, the pens themselves are very durable. Um, I redid the video in last year. I had the Pilot Vanishing Point on there, which I think makes sense. Any any pen that like has already been around for many decades, you right there. Yeah, my. You get a sinky chair. Yeah, it had sunk a little bit. Oh, getting older, Drew. It's getting much better. Weight. I know. Um, I'm literally sitting on like a pillow and a blanket right now, <laughs> so that I'm at a proper height with Drew. Um, Pilot Vanishing Point. I mean, it was the Namiki. Uh, ba 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 Shoot, what was it? What was the thing originally called? Oh my gosh. Falcon? No, the Vanishing Point. It was originally called Capitalist. the Capitalist. Yeah. It was called the Namiki Capitalist at first, but I mean, it's been out since the 60s. Which always... It's basically already yeah. been out for a lifetime. Yeah. So I think any pen that's still being made in a... Okay, so the, the Capitalist was pretty different, but the basic concept is the same. And uh, the Vanishing Point in its existing form has been out for, what, four decades or something like that. So while. basically that's a lifetime. So I was going to say that. Diplomat Arrow, that one's very solid as well. ST DuPont Line D, that one, that's another Urushi pen, like lots of machining metal, very high quality. I would consider that too. Pilot Custom Urushi, that sort of falls in line with like the Namiki Machia type stuff. Mm-hmm. Pelican M1000, that pen's been around forever. And David Oscarson, which is like metal and ceramic. It's like super durable. The great thing about Oscarson and um, Edison is that they both have lifetime warranties yes. for the lifetime of their creator. Lifetime of their creator. So that's the only question. I, I think mark. both of them have said there's a lifetime warranty as long as I'm alive. Yeah. So yeah. So there's that. Now there really isn't one answer to this question because I think most fountain pens are capable of lasting a lifetime. Agreed. Especially with like proper care and maintenance yep. and stuff like that. If something catastrophic doesn't happen to it, like you you know, drop it off a cliff while you're hiking or something with regular, regular use and some basic maintenance fountain pens, pretty much most fountain pens can last a lifetime. So, you know, there's all so much room for debate as to like, which pen is the one that will last a lifetime. Yeah, there's really no right answer, but I can make the case for pretty much any of these, anything that's already been around for a, you know, arguable lifetime, Lamy 2000, Pilot Vanishing Point, Custom 823, Platinum 3776, Sailor, their 1911 and their Pro Gear, Anything Namiki, all of these Anything Namiki. are very hard to argue that they're not lifetime pens. Agreed. Namiki has a lifetime warranty for the original owner for anything that's Emperor, Yukari, Yukari Royale, and Chinkin. So that is active. That is there. So they actually do. And they're like a company with subsistence that you're like, they have a lifetime warranty, not based on who's the person that's making the right. pens, yeah. you know, but it's on you as the owner. So 
that one, there's even like something to kind of back that up. Um, so yeah, I would say that the, the Namiki would, would be my pick. And specifically, granted, I couldn't be the original owner of this, but I would go back to my grail of the uh, Nightline Moonlight Emperor. That's one pen that could last a lifetime for sure. We mentioned that quite a bit, and I still don't have a good picture of it to show people. Because cause they made like so few of them, I know. and it was in the 90s. And uh, yeah, one of these days I'll find a picture and share it with you. I think I have a picture somewhere. Well, if, I can I, find, if I can find a picture, I'll, I'll overlay it here. Well, I do have a definitive answer, Brian. You ready for this? I bet you do. All right. Here we go. I say, like Brian, any buy it for life, any pen can be a buy it for life fountain pen if you take care of it. A really well kept, you know, I don't know, you know, Pilot Metropolitan will outlast an 823 if you treat the 823 like garbage and destroy right. it and take it apart and it gets cracked right. and stuff. Um, but making my choice, I took three things into consideration mm-hmm. build quality, user serviceability, and mm. um, consistent performance and quality of performance. Okay. So, for reliable performance, it has to be Pilot, right? I mean, come on. That, that's, that's that's what Pilot does that's best. One of the, like one they, of the... they always write. They just always write. They always write well. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom. It's got to be Pilot. For user service availab- user serviceability, I have to eliminate the 823 because you can't take that apart or shouldn't. Not under warranty. I can. You can, but you're not going to be able to work on that warranty. I don't want to stick a warranty. I anyway. don't want to talk to you after that. Um, <laughs> the Heritage 92 because you can't take that pissing apart, or the or the E95s. Sadly, I love the E95s, but user serviceability. There's got to be a way to get that nib out of there. There is, but you have to re-glue it. It's glued. What? It's glued. Yeah. What? Yep. Really? Yep. That's one that I've never like gone fully. No, I think I saw. I think you know uh, I'm not afraid to like break some of my pens. No, like, I think I, I talked to like... um, CY about it. I think he he okay. took it off. Yeah. Yeah, I trust him. Yeah, it's a shame. Right. So for um, so it has to eliminate that. So for quality construction, I have to choose something that's not going to crack. So nothing resin and also not something that, that's, I want something that's going to be scratch resistant. For a lifetime pen, I don't want the thing plastic so that it'll eventually be covered in those little micro scratches everywhere. So okay. I'm going to go with something Urushi. And the most affordable way to do that with Pilot is going to be the custom 845. Okay. You get a big, beautiful gold nib. It is under $1,000, not a lot under $1,000, but it is under 1000 There was no qualification of um, price here. I know, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's the most accessible thing. Uh, it's a, a, it's made of a very resilient exterior with mm-hmm. a Rushi. Yeah. Quality writing experience. You can pull the nib and feed um, reliably. It's got a, you know, pist- a cartridge converter situation, so you can, you know, user serviceability is there. Mm-hmm. That one would be my 100% buy it for life pick. Best buy it for life pick. It's a good one. I would throw the custom Urushi in there as well. If you want to spend more money, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if it's one pen for your life. Yeah, yeah. Granted, that's a huge pen. It is. But it's 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 very similar to the custom E45 yeah. in, its, just, in just, its essence. Just if you wanted more of a beefy pen, if yeah. your name's Brian Goulet and you just want to hold a big, big freaking old... nib, <laughs> that number 30 nib that's yes. just glorious. It is. No. Oh, it is. It's 100%. Magnificent. You can't go wrong. And it's basically your answer, too, because that custom 845 is more or less an Amiki pen anyway. So, Darn right. you know, we more or less agree on that one. It's the same brand. Yeah, it's like yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's All a right. solid answer. Yeah. There we go. Good enough. All right. Drew? What? I got a question for you. Oh, no. This is from N.T. Pender. Oh, well, in that case, okay. What is the decision-making process like regarding ink sample sets? Any chance of getting a Diatrementis document ink set? Okay. So... 
first question, lower your expectations because, you know, the process is nothing. Hashtag, it's um, complicated. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> not a rigid process. I'll say that. We have had many different ink samples, package sets over the years. Many have come, many mm-hmm. have gone. Many we have realized that, oh, crap, all of these are consistently out of stock and or discontinued, and yet it's still online and no one told us about it. Let's take that down. Oops. Yeah. So sometimes it is neglected. Sometimes it is focused on we ebb and flow. Sometimes we're like, oh, let's do a themed set for the winter and spring. And then we do one of them and then just give up on the rest. So ink sample package sets are complicated. A lot of time to set them up. Yeah. But but every now and then, like our best sellers, you know, and then those always do well, you know, and then we do brand packages that always do well. So they are definitely helpful. Um, And the obvious ones like, you know, the top selling blues or the top selling Eroshizuku inks or whatever. Those are, you know, home runs and easy to figure out. Mm-hmm. Some of the more complicated ones to figure out, um, you know, are hit and miss. Sometimes we have winners, sometimes we have losers, but we basically just ask ourselves what would be more convenient for our customers to provide them with a package set that takes some work away from them. And if we can answer that question, then we usually do it. If we think that there is demand for something like, you know, a detrimentous document ink set, that will help out people that would rather not just click and drag a bunch of them into the cart and provide them with a tiny discount. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's do that for our customers. Um, but sometimes it's not a, you know, a known quantity. Sometimes we need to get a lot of feedback. So that's a big mm-hmm. part of it. Getting feedback, you know, pulling, pull, pooling requests, noting requests and things like that. And then sometimes we just uh, get creative and put something together that uh, we think would be helpful and just see how it goes. But it is work to do that. So we can't be doing that every day. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also um, the possibility of uh, just grouping, you know, brands or types together as well, especially like chromo shading or, you know, dual shading was a new, you know, concept. So, you know, yeah. grouping something like that together, you know, made sense um, or makes sense. I actually don't know if we have one of those. I think we do. I think I had a video that uh, did that and we did it for the video could be either way um yeah and then um i'll verify <laughs> yeah um uh, for like color sets like if we wanted to do like top shading inks or top sheening inks we also try to get a good mix of brands in there as well like we could very well have a top shimmering ink set that has you know eight diamine colors in it but there are plenty of other brands that have it so we do try to mix that up as well to have a good variety um and then the second part of your question, is there any chance of getting a Diatrementis document ink set? Yes, there is. In fact, today I talked to Rachel about it and we're going to make one. So congratulations. You are demonstrating the process itself right now. Yeah. You mentioning it to us, us realizing, oh yeah, those are super popular types of inks. We should do that. And we're gonna. We, so We do have a chroma shading ink sample set. Awesome. So by time this airs, you, um, NP ten, NT Pender, might have your wish. So check the website. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your Friday. Yeah. We have, uh, currently we have 32 different example packages. Yeah, it can get overwhelming too. We also look out for that. We don't want too many because then it's just not convenient for everybody. I will say in the past it was a nightmare because we did not have the ability on the back end of our site to bundle things together from existing inventory. Um, so what that meant is if we wanted to do a package set, we had to create the package physically and inventory it separately from the individual items. That sounds messy. That was an absolute nightmare on the back end. And 
We do not have the most reliable of stock, especially when it comes to ink sometimes with random ink colors. And the more inks you put into a set, any one of them being out of stock means the whole set is out of stock. Yeah. So what it meant is we had certain package sets that were kind of more obscure that were out of stock more often than they were in stock. Yeah. And, and we still was, do have that problem. Like there are still package yeah. sets that um, we might not, you know, continue because there's one color that's just, we keep very low quantities of. So it's mm-hmm. very easy that it goes out of stock. Yeah. Um, and we don't want a whole package set to be held up because this one ink sample, like let's say that there are, um, you know, there needs to be a purple in this particular set. And we have a choice between Diatrementus Alexander Hamilton or, you know, I don't know, uh, Majestic Purple from Diamine. If all else is equal, we'll probably put Diamine in there because we have to order Diatrementus from Germany. And if we run out of stock of that, that means that whole ink sample set's going to be out of stock, you know, for, you know, over a month before we get yeah. our next shipment from Germany. So we try Just, not to let that happen, but it's the mail, it's international, it's going to happen. So Just looking at our website right now, of the 32 ink sample packages sets we have, five of them are out of stock. Yeah, that's a thing. Two of which is the Pilot Orochizuku. So we have an Orochizuku bestseller ink sample set that's out of stock. And then we have the full line ink sample set, which I'm kind of surprised. I mean, Pilot's usually pretty good with their stock. And then look at this one, Drew, the teal bestsellers. I wonder why that one would be out of stock. Oops. You just did a teal video last week. So. I did. Oh, yeah, darn. Well. Um, you know, <laughs> have, we, have, have we refreshed the pilot um, full line to remove the old colors? Uh, let me see. Because I forgot we had a, a set where... Um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure we refreshed this one. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, the old one had Tsukushi or whatever it was. Yeah. It was discontinued. Yeah, okay. no, this is the... All right. Well, one of those is out of stock, so the whole thing's out of stock. Yeah, it must be one of the best sellers because that's the, that one's out of stock too. Anyway. Oh, could have been. Um, uh, uh, was it one of the teal ones? Was yeah. it Yuyaki? No, it wasn't Yuyaki. It was um, uh, Kujaku. Kujaku. Yeah, but that did it. Maybe. So your video drew last week put three ink samples. Actually, that's sets. not my list. That's not your list? That's not my list. Yeah, but it got attention, I bet. It did, it did, yeah. And the work-appropriate ink sample set also has Kujaku in it. Oh. So I think we're on to something here. So four of the five sets we have out of stock is probably because of one ink. See, that's how it goes. So this is where it gets annoying, but that's, you don't, y'all don't care about that. You're just like, why don't you just do a better job of keeping your inks in stock? (laughs) We're trying. It sounds like y'all are complaining about Uh, your jobs and yeah, we kind of are. Yeah. But all we need to do is keep ink in stock so people can buy it. Why can't we do that? But I will say, like, in the past, I think there was one point we had, like, 100 different package, it was a bit package much. sets. Yeah. It was so much to maintain. We were constantly having to swap stuff out and all that. So it's something. It's it's, it's a work in progress for us. But Brian, do you want to talk more about Teal? Because I have a question for you. Okay. We Since can talk you about mentioned Teal, teal q 51 is asking us. Oh, you're just segueing into the next question here. Yeah, okay. but you didn't even know what was happening. It was such a good segue. You're right. I even made yeah. notes for this question, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, why do you I, did. Why do you want to talk about Teal? All right, Q Murph <clears throat> is asking, your favorite turquoise pens other than M205 Appetite, because Q Murph already owns that one, so we don't need to worry about. Well, that is a cool pen. That one. I like that color. So turquoise, say, Brian. So I had to... I had a little internal debate in my head about oh, this gracious one me. because there's like a teal versus turquoise kind of thing going on in my mind. There doesn't need to be. They're often interchanged, but then some people feel very passionate about them being different. They do. And then you find that the people that are passionate about it also don't agree within themselves of what is teal and what is turquoise. So in my brain, 
turquoise leans a little more blue and teal tends to lean a little more green. I think but that's, they're both in the blue green family. I think that's fair. However, he Q Murph asked me about turquoise pens, which would have led me down the road of more kind of straight up blue pens. Uh-oh, we don't want that. But since he mentioned the appetite, which I feel is more of a teal like green kind of pen, that's that's what I really use as my jumping off point. Yeah. So just so y'all know. Why don't we just call that's it where blue I'm kind of focusing? Yeah. Bleen. Ew. Sounds like an organ. Yeah. An unnecessary organ. Yeah. What's the what's the alternative of that? Grew? Grew. None <laughs> of these sound good. It's also an impossible color to photograph. Yeah. We really talk is. about that like on the video and photo team. They it's were just like, difficult. yeah, Grew is very famous for being awful to color correct. Um, especially in video form. Anyway. Uh, all right. So turquoise, it's one of those colors that vary a lot, either blue or green. I already talked about that, blah, blah, blah. All right. So I have some pens that are good to recommend. Great. I'm glad you didn't ask me what's the one pen that you would recommend because I have too many. Um, First one, Pilot Custom 74 in teal. Oh, that's such a good looking pen. It's a great color. When that came in with the the purple, those two together actually look amazing. Yeah, they look really good. That didn't come with the purple. That came with the Merlot. The purple and the orange were similar. In, oh, in okay, no, no. So I mean, it comes. It goes well with the Merlot. It do. It does pair well. Those with the Merlot. two. Yeah. Those sorry, not great, the purple and the Merlot. Great additions. Yeah. Yeah. For oh, sure. Beautiful pairing. Good looking pen. So it's kind of demonstratory, like your appetite is. Uh, and the nib on that thing is just amazing. It's like one of my butter. favorite nibs. And it's got uh, Drew's favorite Con Seventy converter in there for great ink capacity. Very easy to use. Easy cleaning too. It's just really ideal for using. <laughs> I'm triggering Drew here. Um, anyway, Custom 74 is an easy pen for me to recommend to anybody. You know, honestly, if that pen had been out at the time that I got into fountain pens, I probably would have picked that one over the blue. Whoa. I love the Custom 74 blue, but honestly, it's it's a little light. I would prefer something a little deeper, a little mm-hmm. richer blue, because that's more the Goulet blue. Yeah. But it was close enough where I was like, all right, this is awesome. And so that's one I picked. But had the teal been out, that deep teal color, I really love that color too. That's one of our like secondary colors internally in our company, that teal. Uh, I probably would have picked that one. It's gorgeous. Blue. So I have one. I have a teal, but the blue is like so iconic now. I kind of like got to stick with yeah. it. Anyway, that's a good one. Um, the Lamy All-Star in Petrol, the one they just came out with. Love that color. That's a deep teal kind of color too. Or tourmaline, the last year. That was a that's more of a what I Wait, would consider you're talking about a turquoise. All star. Yes. Tourmaline. Oh, that so is so it's like a more vibrant or like the Pacific um um was it called Pacific Blue or Pacific whatever it was. Yeah. It's very similar yeah. to tourmaline. That like that's what I would that's what I would call more of a turquoise. Yeah. You know, the the petrol is more of a teal. Yeah, that was beautiful. That the the aluminum uh, turquoise or oh, aluminum teal just, just like glow it's so good yes it's such a good color mm. and i got another one right now to talk about the kaweco all yeah. sport iguana blue that was what i was Same gonna say vibe as the all-star that like anodized kind of matte but shiny even better looking even better oh, i think that is so the good. best teal pen on the market right now it's pretty great yeah. it's pretty great functionally i don't like that pen as much it's it's a bit thin for my hand. It's short. You know, you gotta, you know. Functionally, I don't mind it. I just the performance wise, it's not a pilot. It's not a pilot, so. and it's not a Lamy. You know, Lamy, and it's and it's and it's an all sport, so it's it costs about twice what a Lamy does too. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's a great. But it's, it's the, a the great material, pen. the color is though, is stunning. like so on point. Beautiful. Um, another good one if you want to go sailor route in a pro gear or pro gear slim, the Lucky Charm. So this kind of fits in with that like 
Appetite color or like the Pilot Custom 74 teal. It's that demonstratory resin. Beautiful color. It's got that two-tone nib on it. Oh, Sailor's two-tone nibs are delicious. Yeah. Um, so that one looks really good. And kind of what we were talking about a few minutes ago, many minutes ago, about Sailor um, with their pens that came out previously being a lower price. The Lucky Charm is one that is a lower price kind of noticeably than some of the pens that are coming out right now. So I think that one right now, the prettier slim is 220, whereas some of the ones coming out now are like 310 or 320, 330. So it's like, whoa, pretty significant difference that you can. So that Lucky Charm is a great color. We've had it, I think, pretty much. I think it came out I like around the time we picked up the brand. Pretty soon after, um, yeah. So that, was, that one's great and Sailor's, you know, awesome. Um, and then... Um, I put this as a potential grail pen, maybe. Um, going up to Sailor, their 1911 King of Pens Color Yurushi Ebonite in teal blue. Oh, yeah. So that is a gorgeous looking pen. That's lovely. You know, you're pushing over a thousand. I think that's like 1400 or something for that pen. So yeah. it's up there. But if you're talking about these lifetime pens, it's an Ebonite, it's Yurushi. You don't see Yurushi with this vibrant teal color I was say like the same thing. almost 100%. ever. So that's why I put that one on the list. And that one's got a beautiful nib as well. Uh, and then the last one I had was the Twisby 580 ALR in Prussian Blue, which I love that pen. Talked about in a different video that already came out this week, but it's a favorite of mine. And I kind of put that at the end of the list because it's really a clear pen with like more teal accents. It's not really a teal pen so much, but you get you get teal, you know, yeah. you get your teal fix. Fragrances. Yeah. Essence you get of teal. A whiff, a whiff of teal. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. What about you, Drew? You no, I, same. Yeah, like I, the, the, your the, notes are like echoing the, the Kaveco iguana blue, and then tourmaline popped into my head instantly. Awesome. I the, the anodized teal, like so good. It right? does glow. You're right. Like yeah. there's something like ethereal about it. There's like this soft like vibrance. I don't know. It's stunning. It's beautiful. It I don't really own good. either of them, and I'm upset about it now. So well, thank you for that. They're both still available. I have. I actually have a tourmaline in my office that's just like sitting around for like a giveaway or something like that. And uh, it's not inventoried or anything. It's just, it's just sitting there like, oh, good. It is inventory. It doesn't give away it on, but, you know, whatever. Well, we don't know. That's all right. We'll see. going to make that pen disappear. That's not. That's not. Um, no, no. I've got enough. I've got too many all-stars as is. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> uh, all right. That's what we got for the Q&As this week. Um, so definitely you can ask you can ask us questions on YouTube. You can ask us pencast at gulepens.com. You can shoot us an email, especially if you're an audio listener. We do look at that from time to time. We do. Um, that's what I got for this week. And then, oh, you got some 84 facts? Well, And before, then we'll do a pen battle? Before we battle, Brian, I want okay. to unify us together since we're both 84 kids. We're not going to be against each other. I mean, well, we yeah, are. We will. It's going to be nasty. Okay. Oh, mm. It's going to be awful. We're going to get scrappy? Oh, absolutely. All right. No, not really. But anyway, <laughs> I do have some more movie facts. So this is going to finish right. off the 84 Sweet. nuggets today. Um, 84 movies are just fantastic. It is widely believed that 1984 is one of the best years in cinema. And uh, I think 93 is one of the top ones as well, which is also a contender, if not better than 84. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. It's in the running for sure. But, um, you know, like going through the months here in uh, 1984, in February, you uh, entered the year more or less with Footloose, which everybody loves. Also, yeah. you know, the Kenny Loggins Footloose, you know, was... Literally, uh, it's in uh, the song. Everybody... Absolutely. Everybody loves Footloose. Is that in the song? Everybody get. Footloose. Everybody gets. Footloose. Yeah, I'm terrible with yours. Um, and then after February came March, and uh, with Splash, which was Tom Hanks's breakout role, that role yeah. was originally offered to David Morse, who was um, in The Rock, um, tall, tall blonde guy. He played George Washington in the John Adams series, oh. um, but uh, he he shut it down. And old Tom Hanks took it and ran with it, and uh, he's had a pretty solid career ever since. 
Yeah, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, moving on down the line here in the month of May, you could go to the theater and uh, see either Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or Sixteen Candles, which was John Hughes's directorial debut. And if you're familiar with any good movie, you know who John Hughes is. You know, you've got Ferris Bueller, you've got Breakfast Club, you've got Pretty in Pink. Like he did very eighties. Yeah, Home Alone. He was in Home Alone. Like he, he, yeah, he was. He's a yeah. fantastic. And he started here in nineteen eighty four with Sixteen Candles. Wow. Um, and uh, after May, you've got June, and in June, Brian, you could go to the marquee at the theater, and you would see Gremlins, you would see Ghostbusters, and you would see Karate Kid. Wow. All what a time. All which spawned multi-sequel franchises i must say yeah and that's not even including uh, gremlins of course being the most notable of the bunch well gremlins just had one sequel but um you know still spawn sequels um and then this was before everything needed a sequel by the way like you know mm-hmm. nowadays everything gets a sequel everything gets a franchise they yeah, don't even well, they don't even approach a movie without saying oh what about sequels Everybody's more, you know, yeah. uh, creationally bankrupt. Oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then in, uh, let's see, we'll move down into, uh, let's see, September, Amadeus came out, which won Best Picture, which, you know, oh, I think Ghostbusters movie. should have won Best Picture personally. Well. And then um, in October, you had The Terminator, the first Terminator film, also gosh. spawned a massive franchise. This, this is a strong list, I gotta oh, say. it certainly is. And, um, you know, uh, so Arnold... Got his break, you know, mostly in the Terminator. He had done Conan before that. Yeah, yeah. But um, Terminator was really when he turned he was, it up. He was in Predator too, right? Predator that came after later? 84. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, you know, um, let's see. Uh, who else was in Terminator, right? Uh, there were other people, but I don't, I don't know. Are you doing this to troll me? I don't. Michael actually. Bean, Brian. Oh, yes. Sorry. Michael. Br- I forget about him a lot. Golly. You're the worst. He's in a lot of movies that I forget. Michael Bean. His role in those movies. Get out of here. Respect Michael Bean. All right. And then November, you had Nightmare on Elm Street also spawned a bunch of sequels as well, yeah. as we know that. And then uh, finally closing it out with um, December, Beverly Hills Cop also spawned a bunch of sequels. And the uh, the first uh, the Dune film, which... You know, it's got its fans, but wow. uh, Never Ending Story was in there as well. Purple Rain was in there. You know, had a bunch oh, of never good stuff. Story. Police Academy was up in there. Red Dawn was there. Conan the Destroyer, which was the second Conan film, was there. Hmm. Romancing the Stone. Um, yeah, a lot of more and more and more. Wow. I think Val Kilmer's Top Secret might have been there. I don't know. Oh. A bunch more. Yeah, I could keep on going, but th- yeah. that's where I'll leave it. 1984, Greatest Year ever i mean we came out of 1984 so also that is that too anyway all right you ready for a pen battle drew put your dukes up all right let's dookie <laughs> oh, no that. no not that <laughs> no not that all right all right we've got the twisby eco versus the lobby safari okay and we don't know what we're going to do. Well, so, we, d- we debate about this. We're like, how much we should we prepare for this? Not at all. And we were like, well, let's just try winging it. <laughs> yeah. You probably wanted to prepare, didn't you? I definitely wanted to prepare. No, but not me. I've had so much going on. I'm like, yeah, I really don't have time to prepare anyway. Nice. So we're going to wing it. All right. So but I'm going fli- to flip to see if you get Safari or Eco to defend. Okay. All right. What do you want the Eco to be? Heads or tails? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Heads. All right. I love that. There you go. Oh, there you go. Heads. You are defending the eco, I'm my friend. I'm defending the eco. And I am destroying the eco. 
no, with the Lamy Safari. You're not destroy anything. Oh, <laughs> what do you think is the best thing going for the Eco, Brian? The Twisby Eco. Well, I'm not going to talk about just the Eco in general. Oh, I'm going to talk specifically about why the Eco is better than the Safari. Well, please because do. Because this is a battle. Please do. And I'm going to go straight for the crotch. Sounds like you're just trying to. Sounds like you're just trying to bide for time because you have no idea. No incapacity. Incapacity. Okay, is that something you like? The incapacity on the Eco wipes the floor of the Lamy Safaris. Well, in my the Safari, it doesn't even come if you, with a converter. It doesn't even empower you with the ability to fill from a bottle of ink without some kind of extra accessory. Let me tell you why it doesn't come with a converter. Because in Europe, this pen is so popular, so widely recognized, used, adored, and appreciated uh-huh. that people just use it commonly like it's not even a hobby. It is just a functional tool that mm-hmm. they can rely on to do what they need to do. It's not some fun little toy like a Twisby Eco that's just for, you know, sloshing around, making a little, you know, like a little kitschy, little, you know, motion controlled, you know, googly toy. It is a tool. It's functional. It gets the job done. Mm-hmm. It is German engineering optimized. <laughs> Safari. You're just throwing words out now. Yeah. Synergy. Optimized. Optimized for what? What are you talking about? Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> Synergy. Okay. Yeah. Who so, needs a converter? So you want... you want. So you, it's not some boutique pen. It's not some, some namby-pamby, you know... Namby-pamby? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> This feels like trash talking now. <laughs> I'm sticking to the facts. All right. I'm sticking to the facts. All right. Here. Bring your facts. So so I'm I'm guessing you have easily affordable um, you know, uh nibs that can repl- be replaced easily under $15, right? Well, you know. No. It's not all about that. You don't? Okay. All right. Well, that's something. <laughs> so uh can you can you replace the nibs or do you need to buy a nib for another different pen and then waste a grip section, throw that away, create waste for the planet Earth? Oh, you're talking Where? about creating waste Whereas when you got cartridges the the all pl- over the place? Oh, you can refill Milli- Millions the- of people using cartridges uh, with your safaris crap. there? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, better, better watch, replaceable watch, nibs, watch though. you're stepping replaceable in. Replaceable nibs, though. I all mean, right. I'll give you, you got easy. The, I'll give you, you got the replaceable, replaceable nibs. nibs. Yeah, okay. That's cool. But, you know, if the pen's affordable enough, you can just buy multiple pens, and then you have extra pens. Okay. So, you know. How many... How many um, Different colors of eco are widely available, or is it just not as many as the safari? Like a zillion? Not currently. Know. There have been, but they go away. Oh, there's just quite like, a few ecos, my friend. All right, which one has more colors? Eco. We're or gonna the have safari? to look this one up because right. neither of us can recall. Yeah, I'm not because no. both of these. I'm not do super have, confident on this yeah, one. I don't think you're gonna win this argument. All right, oh, Twisby Eco. Now, are you including the Eco T in here? Um. Well, you know, it depends on. I think you can. You can have the Eco T. It's Let's be real. It's basically the same. Yeah, pen. It, is, it is basically <laughs> a the same slightly pen. different shaped. You know what the Eco T is, Brian? What is it's the, the Eco? It's the Eco trying to be more like the Safari. Yeah. With that molded grip section. Is it now? It saw the Safari and it was like, oh man, I wish one day I could be like that. Think well, about all the all the hands I could make happy with my ergonomic grip if I was a Safari. Well, and it they, tried real hard concentrating. It was like, ah, and then boop. If they, if they would want, if they wanted to be more like a Safari, they would have just like tripled the size of the clip and like widened it to be the full <laughs> width of the pen so that you couldn't ignore it. Then, then it would be more like the Safari. Right? What other clip would you trust to go over like really heavy duty cargo shorts? I mean, you got a point there. 
You got a if point. You wanted, if you wanted to put a clip over the hammer loop of your carpenter jeans, <laughs> what clip are you trusting? What clip you know is not going to fail you? I've never hung a pen off the hammer loop of But my if you wanted to, jeans. you know the Safari is there for you. They have a screwdriver pocket in most carpenter jeans. That's a safer place. In a perfect place for the resilient clip of the Lamy Safari. Now, I will say the, the potato peeler clip that you get on the Eco... Uh, is also pretty strong. It is a potato peeler clip. It, That's it really does look well like said. That's, yeah, it's not my favorite clip on that now, one either. If, if I'm being honest, but well, you no, know. You, you might be able to sell me if uh, you actually peel something with it. I don't think you. Could. I will. I will completely. Too, I will. You know, I will. I don't think know. that would be safe in your hands. So I think Twisby's looking out for the welfare of the general populace. By I wonder. Not I wonder if you could like putting blades on the I wonder if you could, wonder if you could take something and like carve it down to actually make. Oh well, we need to talk to Brian talk K to about that. Yeah, he would, he would, he would, he'd be into that. All right, so how many eco colors are there? Uh, I just did a search for eco, and I'm getting all kinds of random. You know, stuff, you can go so to I the product, to, the, the category I need to go, page. I know. I was just trying to save a step. I'm a, I'm a search with the spotlight. Go kind to of a guy. sort by brand, and then Twisby. Oh gosh, I don't look at our own website that often. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I look all the time. Um, uh, all right, Lamy Safari. Uh, also, different textures. You can go with glossy or matte. Finish that is uh, with with seventeen eco seventeen and eco t products. Okay, okay. So on our At website, the they are con- combined. Well, one's a package set that doesn't count. So right, sixteen, sixteen. That's right. that's a good number. It is a good. I number. I don't know if we have. I don't know if we have sixteen. I don't know if we do moment. either. I'm starting to. Now the Lamy the Lamy's got legacy. They've been around longer. Lamy legacy. Lamy's got legs up top. Where is it? There you go. Yep. Really, um, it says I can't talk and do anything at the same time so I'm like sorry. having to stop uh, da, 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 da. there we go on the right sorry there's so many uh black and gray not that one, not that one. that's a that's an all-star pens. we're not talking about the all-star no, get out of here I'm 17 over. no 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 wait a minute we Come gotta on. make sure no we don't have any package no sets in here oh oh seven just today though because it does of beat the, it out because of the three um like all because the special of the delights yeah the delights if you if you if we had this debate in december yeah. You, you'd have won. If we did this debate last week, then yes. <laughs> Twisby would be winning. Okay, so about equal on the color options. I'll, Fair enough. We, we can, it's comparable. We can say that. Um, now, both of them have great special editions. Twisby has more special editions. Twisby has less predictable special editions, I will say Less that. predictable. But it just gives you an element of surprise. You never know when it's coming at you. It does, it does. But with the Eco, it's always just like, let's change the cap. And let's change the knob. Like, okay, is that really a different color? Is that just different accent? You know, Lamy's like, no, we are changing the clip sometimes. We're changing the body always. Is it going to be matte? Is it going to be polished? Who knows? You get something exciting every time, except for the D-Lights when we're basically doing the same thing as the pastel collection from a couple years ago. But but it's matte. It's matte. And the clip is a different color. Yeah. So it's totally different. Yeah, I will say that, you know, they're not always home runs. Well, when you come out with so many colors, they really over are so many decades. Like that gray one that I didn't think Summer existed. Definitely. Like That's all right. of them seem to exist. So yeah, between the two of them, um, I will say both brands do like to do some like stealth regional exclusives that you like later find out. You're like, wait, what is that? That exists. You see it on like Pinterest or Reddit or something. You're like, what the heck is this? Yeah. This is the coolest pen I've ever seen. You're like, oh, it was available in 2018. It was from you Micronesia. Know. Yeah, and you're like, okay, great, great. So no one can get that. Super. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I will say that, uh, the Safari has this excellent ink window that you can just, yeah. you can, if you don't, you can, it, 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 if you don't really it is, like to see how much ink is in there, it's more you just clear. like to be teased. There's nothing more clear 
There's no ink window that's more transparent than the Safari ink window. Well, by the time you look at it through your dingy cartridge, um, no, no, I'm talking about I'm the window. Sure they... The window is more transparent than any other window. It's because it's a hole in the pen. Nothing's more transparent than nothing, Brian. Well, okay, I can't argue with you on that one. Ah. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Um, well, one thing okay. about the Twisby mm-hmm. is if you pull the feed out of the pen, you can put it back pretty easy. You could also destroy it really easy. Well, you can destroy the Lamy one too. Okay, both, that of, both one, of them. Both that Lamy one's got two pieces to it. So you pull that thing out and that feed is like, what is this device? Yeah, well, I've never seen a feed that they looks don't like collapse this. like a bunch of dominoes if you pull it out the wrong way. It's not a prissy little pen that's going to... If you can get, even pull out the Lamy one. If you can get it out in the first place. You just place. need gusto. there's nothing to grab onto. That's very true. There's, there's nothing, nothing to grab, to grab onto. onto. You just need... You can grab onto the wings, those teeny little plastic wings, and then your nibble never fit on there again. Oh, who's that's ever done option. that? No, that's... I've definitely done that. <laughs> You've destroyed the wings? I have done that, of course. <laughs> sure I have. Oh, I, I destroy pens. You do on the regular, yeah. not on purpose. No, but because I'm they're my pens, and I'm just like I need to know. All right. I need to know what the limits are. Twenty nine dollars and sixty cents for the Safari. How much does the Eco cost? Well, the Eco is thirty two ninety nine. But you don't need so a converter. A how much is the How much is the Safari the, the with Safari a converter? Safari is a six dollar converter, so it's it's above. It's thirty five. Okay, six. So both about the same price. You know, if you mean by about the same price that the Safari is more expensive, then the yes, Safari is not right. more expensive. We're adding in another feature. If you want to be able to have the same functionality, then it would be not the same because the Ego can't take a cartridge. No. But the Lamy also can only take Lamy cartridges. It can. So yes. yeah, but I will say the Lamy cartridge itself. Colors, maybe? The Lamy cartridge itself is one of the one, one of the most resilient cartridges out there as far as mm. refilling. Because the tip of the Lamy cartridge is like a solid plastic, not mm-hmm. like the kind of s- soft little ball. Thing no, like like most cartridges are that like soft, kind of squishy, very not transparent yeah. plastic. But the tip of the Lamy cartridge, it's either like black or blue. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a more resilient. Um, it's a different type of plastic. Mm. So if you are a cartridge refiller, you know, inserting it in and out, in and out over time, mm. less likely to wear it down. Now, to give credit where credit's due, you can't, unless you already have a bottle of ink, you can't just pick up an Eco out of the box and write with it. You can with a Safari because it comes, comes with, with the a cartridge. cartridge yep. Any color you want as long as it's blue. Yeah. No matter or, which or special edition you're buying, didn't, or don't we include except for the Vista, Vista Black. Black. Yes, the Vista Black comes with a black cartridge. It does. That was like, <laughs> that was like our big, the big like, victory. Win. Like, yes. <laughs> Guess what we did? It's an, an cartridge. It makes sense with the color of the pen. That's right. Yeah. All okay. right. Fair enough. Are you ready to I yield? Think, I think I've won. I think. Wait, that's I not. Think that's not. Yeah, what, I think. No, I've I think been paying attention. I think we've made our point. Oh gracious yeah. me! All right. I think we have. Well, comment anything <laughs> if you vote for me, and just don't comment if you vote for Brian. Oh. Uh, All right. Sounds good. That, Let's uh, move on. No, that doesn't <laughs> make sense. And we'll we'll count up how well, many. There's a lot more people not commenting, so that means I win. No. Consider the global population of the world. Oh crap! We have to look at because we have to look at views, right? I assume word of mouth. No, I assume word of mouth word offline of mouth. Okay. All spreads right. this around to the entire populace okay. of the world. Of course. 
That's how I like to assume. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the Eco and the Safari. Both solid starter pens. Yeah. Both worthy of being right up at the top at, as far as great entry-level pens, great gift pens, depending on who you're giving it to. If you're giving it to someone who is a very practical user, utilitarian type of person, yeah. Safari. If you're giving it to someone who wants to have fun, buy some bottled ink, see it sloshing around, maybe see some shimmer in there, Eco. It's really hard to go wrong with either. Very Ultimately, it kind of comes down to like which one's more appealing. Yep. You get good nib choices with both. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of good options. Both solid so, pens. There you go. Well, if you like this, we have more ideas of pen battles we can do. We can prepare more. We can't really prepare less than we did on this one. So nope. this is kind of the bare minimum. But anyway, we can do more fun stuff like this. Actually, as we were talking about something earlier, I was thinking, oh, this would make a good pen battle. Oh. I don't remember what it was. Now I've totally forgotten. But All if right. I think of it again, I will let you know. Okay. Yep, I forgot it. But anyway, let's move on to the next segment, shall we? Oh, now we're into what's happening. What is happening? Do you want me to tell you what's happening? What was happening in your right. world? Well, I took a week off, kind of. did? I, I took a couple days off. Um, and I went to Charleston with my family. Hey, Charleston, with South With my Carolina? wife and my son, Charleston, South Kakalaki. Yes, sir. Okay. How far is um, that from here? That's like was, five, was like six a, hours? It was like a seven-hour drive for me. Seven hours. But we stopped. You know, um, oh, yeah. we, well, we got to stop. Yeah, I don't, I'm not one of those per- people that like powers through a long road trip just to get there early because I don't want to abuse myself like this. I take it easy. I go to the speed mm. limit. I stop at dumb with places. the family. Like that's, the, yeah, you know, if I, I and I make sure like, oh, there's a Starbucks here. That's a good bathroom. Let's go ahead and stop before someone like really has to go and yeah. I'll get some coffee as well. So it's like eh, I treat it casually. You know, it is, it is what your, it is. It's your MO of there. If there's coffee there, you will get coffee. <laughs> it's, it's coffee in a good bathroom. Like why not stop? Yeah. Great. Fair enough. Um, although I did uh, bo- on both ways, to and fro, hmm. stop at Bucky's for the first time. Have you ever heard of I've that? I've heard of Bucky's. Man, it was beyond my expectations. Really? I've heard it was a very, very large gas station, like a you know massive Wawa. But mm. really, it's like Wawa and Walmart had a baby. Whoa! Like you walk in there, it was packed to begin with. Like I had to like hold Archer's hand, I'm like you need to stay with me because it is like I could barely move around in wow. there. This was in uh, where, yeah. Where was this? This like, was yeah. in it was in South Carolina, but just past the south of the border tourist trap. You know, yeah. Um, it was like, you know, right near there. Um, but man, it they have massive counters for food. They have people preparing like hand-pulled barbecue in this island. They have probably five different walls of fountain drink areas. The bathroom's like enormous, like hmm. like 20 feet ceilings in there. Jeez. Um, and then there's a whole section for like housewares. There's like a, it was like attached to, you know, a, a Cracker Barrel or something like that. Like they had t-shirts, swim trunks, toys, and like tablecloths and fishing equipment. Like it, at a gas station? It's more than a gas station. It's way more than a gas station. Okay. Um, and the, 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 this beaver logo that Bucky's has, you know, t-shirts, you get a Hawaiian shirt with the little Bucky's beaver all over it. You can get a, a straw with a little beaver face on there that Archer insisted on getting. So that's fine. Um, it's like they have their own brand of everything. There's like the thing and then the Bucky's brand of the thing. So it's all branded. Bucky's like B-U-C. Yeah, that's it. Dash E-E. Yeah. It was. That's not how I would expect to spell it. An experience. So. Like, okay. I've heard from other people. I did too, but it still did not prepare me your mind? for the reality. All right. It was 
insane. And the, uh, yeah. There's the beaver. I was. Potty like a rock star is what their website says. Yeah, because you know you need to go to the bathroom and they, 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 they deliver. Um, it was, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. On my second trip, I got a sausage on a stick, which was a gigantic sausage wrapped in a tortilla. And I don't hate that. That was, no, neither did I. It was quite delicious. Um, it was just something else. But anyway, that happened. Um, when we got to South Carolina, um, we stayed in a, in the same hotel that you and I and the couple coworkers had stayed at when we went down Mm -hmm. there for like a tech conference, you know, years Mm -hmm. ago, I loved the hotel so much. I wanted to revisit there in a more casual setting. So we stayed there. We got to go to the market that was on Market Street that was closed every time when we were there for business. We got out and it was already shut down. So we did get to go down there. I knew Shannon would really like it. She definitely did. Crafty stuff. Um, You know, there was most of it was outdoors, but there were some indoor parts. That was Mm. a ton of fun. We only spent one full day there and then two half days. So it was a quick trip, um, long drive, quick trip. Kind of left me a little tired, but um, overall still really good. Um, Mm. Good seafood restaurants. Um, we went back to the mm. restaurant that um, we had gone with you, Hank's no um, Seafood, yeah, which was fantastic. And then we went to this mm. other place called Fleet Landing that was on the water. It was dark, so we couldn't see the water super well. But mm. it was inside of an old like naval storehouse, so oh, like cool. concrete ceiling and everything like that, like wow. big concrete beams across. Very cool setting and hmm. delicious seafood. So we ate a lot of seafood, um, and then uh, just walked around. It was it was really cool because where we where we stayed um we didn't have to touch the car everything was in within walking distance and we just kind of explored went into some stores restaurants just got snacks and um one time while we were exploring we come to this you know everything looks very you know southern bright colorful colonial sort of yeah uh vibe and there are no i didn't see a single mcdonald's didn't see a single chain restaurant i saw one subway that was it other than that, no chains. Hmm. I don't know how they did that. Hmm. So it was a surprise when we walk up to this very big kind of, you know, ornate looking building and noticed that it was a Target. Just, and it looked like every other building, just like kind of done up in that same style. Did not look like a box. Huh. And Shannon just lost her mind. She was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's a Target, it's a Target. I was like, honey. Are you? She just thought it was the most hilarious and amazing thing. She's like, we got to go in. I'm like, it's a Target. It's going to look the same. But we walked in and she just was, she likes Target a lot. Rachel's a big fan herself. She loves a Target. So when we saw that, she had to go in. It was a whole thing. But that was just hilarious because she got so excited seeing a Target that was kind of in disguise. And it's like in its natural habitat. Yeah, it was like, it was disguised as like a Charleston building. Oh, man. And then Archer just was obsessed with the uh well palm trees he called them their palmettos but uh okay. he just loved seeing those trees and he said i'm gonna hug everyone i see and he hugged so many trees he just thought they all needed to be hugged so he hugged wow he counted them i think he was like above 30 different <laughs> oh trees so i was like wow. all right that's fine just don't put your mouth on them please yeah that's um weird but uh, overall it was a nice trip we uh on the last mm. day we went to the aquarium and then you know just kind of drove home after that nice but uh, yeah, we hadn't gone on a family overnight trip since early 2021, so it had been yeah. quite a while for us. Yeah. So we would have stayed longer, but lodging is just so expensive. Like yeah, everything's so expensive. Crazy. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, that was great. Um. This past weekend, I uh, watched a UFC event with my brother, and mm-hmm. um, it was an amazing night. This this guy had. 
He was the title holder for the UFC's middleweight division, all right? Okay. And doing a great job. His name is Israel Adesanya. He's a um, African guy that was that had grown up grew up in uh, New Zealand, and he had a kickboxing career before he transitioned to MMA. Okay. And he was great in kickboxing, except this one guy, this one Brazilian named Alex Pereira. Had his number. Beat him twice. Mm. So ugh. In the kickboxing world. In the kickboxing world. He mm-hmm. comes over to MMA, does a great job, gets the title, undefeated pretty much. And then... The other guy came over too? The other too? guy came over. It's like a bully that like beats you up and you move to a new school. Yeah. And the bully like moved to the same school. Yeah. And so he gets a couple victories. And of course, everybody's like, oh, well, now he needs to fight the champ. He does. Takes his belt away from him. <gasps> beats him. It was like the most depressing oh, thing. I mean, kudos to him. He's a, he's a good guy, but... It was just like oh, this is that, that poor guy. Like, just he can't get away from him. He's, oh, it's like it's, it's it's like he's a, a mm. it's like a, a vengeful spirit following him around, <laughs> to, uh, literally attacking him. Wow. Um, but then because he was the champ for so long, he got an immediate rematch, which sometimes happens. Mm. So we're watching the the rematch, and it's looking a lot like the first fight, and. The was this like in the same weekend here you're talking about? Like an immediate no, no, rematch? No, 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 like no. This, this was... This was so he lost the belt a while ago. Yeah, he lost the belt a while ago. He okay. just... The rematch is the one that immediately followed the match. Gotcha. They didn't okay, have yeah. another fight in between. Gotcha. Okay. So he's up against the cage, just covering up, and the other guy's just wailing on him. And we're like, oh, God, well, he had his time. Looked like it's his, over. T- his time has passed. And out of nowhere, he just throws a right hook, clocks him. Like, and he's just getting beat on. He's got his arms up, just like, wail, wail, wail. He's taking yeah. knees and then just breaks right out of the onslaught, nails him in the head, follows up with another punch, and he is out cold. Oh. And my brother and I just lost it. Like, <laughs> that sort of thing happening. Like, And so he was obviously very happy. I'm sure. He gets on the mic. He's like, I wish everybody could feel just how happy I feel right now. Like, it was a huge deal for him. Like, wow. I can't imagine how depressed he would have been if this guy just, like, knocked, like, had gotten, beat him twice over here, beat him twice over there. <laughs> but he got it back, and it was, we just lost it. Like, that's why I love that sport mm. so much, because you can't be watching basketball and have one team up at 40 points and then one team at 10 points, and then the 10-point team just automatically win against the 40-point. Right. That can't happen. Yeah, swings like that don't happen. But, but yeah. in this, and I'm on my seat, on the edge of my seat at all times. And then mm. when it does happen, mm-hmm. Oh my God, that rush is just amazing. <laughs> so we just lost it. It was it was an awesome night. Wow. So did you hear that the company that owns the UFC bought the WWE? No. They own both now. Like it's a company oh, called Endeavor. I, I I think I heard something. About sold that. it for it was like nine billion dollars or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Which Vince McMahon, the guy who owns the WWE, bought it from his dad in like the early eighties for one million dollars. Yeah. He's like a multi billionaire now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like 1 million to like 9 billion. How insane is that? That's pretty crazy. That's crazy for wrestling. So anyway, that's the thing now. Wow. Um, and then uh, Easter Suns. I'm surprised they allowed that to happen. That's like. Well, they're not really. Isn't that like a monopoly? Like there's No, not, well, they're, like, they're not. One sports entertainment and one is actual competition. Oh, like yeah, okay. one is one is a scripted Wait a show. What are we talking about? WWE is a scripted show. What? Oh, I'm sorry. What? Oh, no. It's not real? Oh, no. I, 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 oh God, oh God. No, um, obvious. Yeah. But uh, I do wish that the UFC would adopt some like cooler entrances. That's one thing that I, that I think would be awesome. They just walk out. It's all boring. Mm. They get music, but that's it. I want cool costumes and some pyro and stuff like that. Maybe. Well, that's what scripted. I know. It's so to. fun. I like the pageantry <laughs> of it. It is pageantry. Yeah. I've been paying a lot more attention to wrestling recently. It's been popping up on, on my Instagram a lot. Yeah. Like, I haven't really watched it, but I'm, like, kind of mm-hmm. curious. I'm, yep. like, clicking on some things. I'm like, oh, boy, am I, I going back to... watch a lot of UFC stuff, so I would think you're in, like, 
not that far away. Probably not. The target demographic, you know. But um, Easter Sunday happened. We took uh, my Mm -hmm. son to my grandmother's. He got to be the only kid hunting for Easter eggs because he's the only kid in the family. So (laughs) my grandmother. It's cleaning up. (laughs) My grandmother put like 70 eggs together. Oh, my God. And she just, she's just in a little condo. So we just go back behind the condo complex? She's backed, <laughs> backed up against the woods. So there's some, like, trees <laughs> like, and bushes back there. So we just did the best we could. Go behind the tree and there's, like, 30 eggs. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, we had to get creative. Like, my brother, like, took the egg apart, clipped one to the top of, like, a leaf that was hanging that Archer couldn't get to at all. But he got a stick and was, like, trying to pinata the thing. So, yeah, we got nice. pretty creative. But, nice. yeah, he... He gets he gets it all, oh, and then we went over to our friend's house, um, and they hid eggs for Archer, and then some other kids that came over as well. So nice. he got he got a double egg hunt, um, mm. so that was fun. Always delightful to see family and friends all in one day. Yeah. Exhausting for me, but of course, still still nice. Yeah, still nice. And then um, I moved some plants over from my seed trays, my garden. I moved over yeah. um, some, my tomato plants into kind of little uh, planters. So they're not okay. in the seed trays anymore. Mm-hmm. They're in the little planters, which are over by the windowsill. And every day during my lunch break, I go home, put them outside so that they can harden, you know, get some wind and some mm. true sunshine. Yeah. And then I bring them in when I go home at night. So Yeah, because it's like 33 degrees at night and yeah. like 70 during yeah. the Our day. last yeah. frost date will be the 17th, I think. Um, so maybe after that, I'll leave them out longer. But okay. frost can still sneak up on you in yeah. Virginia. You can't it's, trust it. It's kind of crazy around here. Yeah. And then uh, I wanted to just share with everybody what I had inked up right now. So oh. I have two brown pens inked up. I have I bought this one. This is my most recent acquisition. I bought a Visconti Mirage Mythos in Apollo. Makes sense. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful brown pen. And I have this one inked up with, this one is Scotch Brown. So I went with all Monteverde inks. Oh, okay. I, have not, I've, I have not explored Monteverde inks. Hmm. And I... I thought I would. So quite a selection these days. Scotch brown in this, which I really like. Okay. Um, the Banu um, ice caramel latte has um, brown sugar. Mm. Um, and I don't know which one I like better. Scotch brown has a little bit more red in it. Mm. Brown sugar is a little bit more of a true brown. Mm-hmm. I think I like brown looking. sugar a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I'm going to keep on playing with them. Hmm. And then guess what I put back in the rotation? Hey, the old standby. The old standby, my Lamy 2000. And like, man, just, it's been, I haven't inked, I don't. Yeah, when's think, the last time you used this? Pen? I don't, I didn't ink it up at all in 2022. Wow. So it's been over a year. Um, and I don't then, think I've not had to ink in a Lamy 2000 in like eight years. I know, but I only keep three inked up, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I keep a lot of pens inked up all times. I know, it's so. very hard for me to choose because mm. I, I do have my rule and. I don't want to deviate from it because then yeah, I, mean, I use you then as you a digress into chaos. I use you as a cautionary tale. I am a cautionary tale, yeah, for sure. Um, so I went with this one, and then in here I have um, Monteverde Yosemite Green, um, mm. which I really like. It's a little too, um, I guess, a little a little too bright for me. Um, it's kind of like a little too. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say fake looking, but I like a more natural green, like a more mm. dark green, I guess. Yeah, this it's, is more of like a... It's almost too emeraldy. Yeah, like a spearmint kind of color. Yeah. It's like a Christmassy kind of a green. Yeah, I it's it's okay. It's not going to become a new favorite, but I like it. Um, okay. I mean, I like but it. again, I like the 2000 because you can put anything, mm-hmm. anything in a 2000 and um, you don't need to worry about matchy. But I did put brown inks in my brown pens because I don't know if you know this about me, but I enjoy I enjoy that. Do you like brown? I'm trying to find like a new favorite brown. Um, oh, yeah. Diamine uh, Winter Spice is like right up in contention because I'm really liking that ink. Okay. Because of 
you get a little bit of shimmer, blue shimmer, which is fun. Yeah. And then I'm finding that when I use shimmer, I lose shimmer because I apparently am not great about consistently agitating my pen. So oh, my first my first experiences, you know, over the first couple of days are very shimmery. Yeah. And then it just, it, because of gravity, it's pointing down. So all the stuff that settles goes out first. Yeah. So unless you're constantly agitating, the first half of the converter is going to be very mm. shimmery and the last half is going to have like none at all. Huh. But with um, uh, Winter Spice, diatrim- uh, Diamine Winter Spice, it still has a green sheen to it. Mm. So once you exhaust that beautiful blue shimmer, you're still left with a fun green sheen. So mm. it's still an added bonus Fun ink. That's fun. It is fun. Yeah, that's it's neat. a fun ink. I like that. Yeah. What Very is cool. new with you, Brian, though? Um, well, you know, I was on spring break as well. Hey. I took the whole week off and I took it off hard. Like I think I had checked in on a couple things here and there. But I like really unplugged. Because it's not often I do that. No, it is not. Because that's difficult for Rachel and I to be truly off. Um, but it is generally one of yeah. you has to get like deathly ill for that to happen. Well, Rachel was ill over <laughs> this. So we had the time off planned anyway. Ellie was sick the prior week. So we were like, all right, one Did of us is probably Ellie had? sick. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, we COVID tested all that stuff. It wasn't any of that strep test. It wasn't any of that, but it was just like hard cold. Yeah. You know, with like some nasty throat soreness and stuff Ugh, like that. Fun. So no fever or anything, thankfully for her. But anyway. Uh, but still, she was able to rest and recover while we were visiting with family. But um, she had no like specific work obligations to have to do, Good. which is always better than being sick when there's a lot of work obligations to do. Definitely. Um, so that was nice being able to unplug. And we visited Rachel's family. They live about two hours north of where we are. And uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. So, you know, we her sister has two kids. And so we got to get all the cousins together and play and all that kind of stuff. So. It was nice because um, their school break is like on a different rhythm than ours. So our kids were on spring break, but their kids weren't. Um, so there wasn't like four kids around all the time mm. for like five straight days. It was more like we would kind of chill. Our kids are a little older now, so they're perfectly fine. Just playing on devices or doing whatever, more chill activities. And then they get together with their cousins and all havoc is, you know, crazy for a couple hours. And then you kind of have dinner, wind down, go to bed, that kind of a thing. And then it's back to normal. So I'm like, I'm really digging the slightly older kid vibes, the not like so running around chasing top. Were dinners day. like for everybody? Yeah, we had like every dinner together. Oh for my all God, of us. that's like a 10, lot of food. Who, who did all the cooking? Um, various restaurants. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. We did a, a couple meals here and there. But did you have any mostly. surprising like restaurant victories? Anything like particularly I mean, there's amazing? a lot of good restaurant yeah. choices up there. Um, what was the best meal you had? During so, your restaurant oh, adventure. This is notable. So I had bubble tea for the first time. Oh, did I've you? never had bubble tea. Did you have boba bubbles or the popping bubbles? They were the boba bubbles. Oh, okay. The one like tapioca. Yeah. Do you ones. like those? I thought it was weird at first because yeah. I thought it was going to be like the popping ones. Yeah. And so I was like kind of biting it and I was like, oh, this is like yeah. really chewy. But yeah. then I was kind of into it. I don't like them. You don't like them? No. I tried it. I'm not into it. I don't like the okay. texture. It freaks me out. But I do like yeah. the popping bubbles. Um, yeah. I go. I need to try the popping bubbles. I, I like to get either a um, like a something nutty, like a hazelnut or a chestnut or mm. a gingerbread, something okay. with a little bit of spice to it. Yeah. And then get coffee flavored popping bubbles. Okay. See, I'm not like a I'm sure that surprises you a lot. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> um, the one I got was like a, it was more like a smoothie 
than like a tea. Oh, so it was okay. Like, it was like a dessert, like cookies and cream. Oh, there we uh, go. With, with, with <laughs> That's the balls it. In. So it was, it was good. It was, it was almost like drinking a milkshake, honestly. We started doing it because there's a, um, there's a Kung Fu tea right next door to where Archer and I get our hair cut. Okay. So every time we get our hair cut, I take him over and we yeah. get that. He usually gets well, like a lemonade. So with... you'll like this. The place where I got it was at Hangry Joe's. Have you ever there's there's heard one of it? there's one there's on, one right uh, nearby yeah on Paris so it's the same same people that do Sweet Frog it's they like it's like the chicken Joe's. right yeah it's it's a I haven't it's been in chicken. there oh Drew is it good they have chicken and waffles Drew <gasps> it's real good their chicken sandwich is absurd is it spicy because though they have various levels of spice <gasps> that you can get to whatever you want oh yeah. oh you're so gonna be into this restaurant, okay Drew. we've got a half day off on Friday I'm gonna go to Hangry Joe's go to Hangry Joe's you're gonna like it oh man. I don't know if they have bubble tea at that one, but this is the one near my in-laws. I just want spicy chicken. Bubble tea. So I had like the spicy chicken and waffles with like the kind of like smoothie style bubble tea to go with it. And I was not hating anything Mm. about that. All right. Tell me, does the chicken and waffles have gravy or syrup? Syrup. Okay. I'm less into that. I might be able to get gravy. I I like gravy, but that's still good. That's still good. It was good. Trust oh, me. Man. There was nothing wrong with anything that was happening there. Oh, that's delicious. Have you ever tried hot honey? Have I asked you that before? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I order um, my hot honey from, um, I think it's AR's hot honey, <laughs> but I put that on all my chicken now. See, I'm a wuss when it comes to like spicy stuff. It's not It's not that bad. I mean, they also have mild um, yeah. hot honey. The mild hot honey you can get at Publix grocery stores. Oh, okay. Um, it is a game changer. And you know me. I do not like sweet Right. Um, meats. Oh, I do. I, I know you do. So, but but this mm. with honey, it is an exception. Okay. Hot honey, man. Yeah. Oh, I've been out for a while, so I've tried to make it make it myself, and it sucked. <laughs> so I'm really. Shannon finally said, "I'm just going to get on the just website. I'm going to order you something." Like, Thank you. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else is going on. So my daughter is in this uh little program. My daughter's in fifth grade, and she's in this program called Girls on the Run. It's like a combination of like a girls like running group, oh. but also like a girl like empowerment type of a vibe so like teach like girl stuff which is pretty cool and also exercise so um she's going to be she in this group there's probably like 30 girls in this group oh wow uh, at her school of various grades um they're all gonna be running a 5k in may and i signed up to run with her did you really i did oh wow i want to support my daughter and I run like I, I, yeah, I'm active. No, you can you can do the but whole I endurance also, like, thing. I, I can, but yeah. I don't I don't have a long distance runner's body. Well, you do cycling, isn't that kind of the same thing? Um, no, it's not. Not really at all. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm extraordinarily <laughs> inactive. No, I mean, if you're generally fit enough to like cycle a lot, sure you can run, but it's not. It's not exactly the same. Like with me, if I change anything, like I can be biking a lot and I try to run. I'm like, ah, this is hard. Or I try to swim. Like, forget it. It's not the same muscles at all. But well, I guess also running involves impact. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like cycling is all like upper like thighs and stuff like that. Running like my ankles and like my calves and stuff like that are a lot more sore. And I'm just, I'm very, I'm at my heaviest weight I have ever been right now, which I don't feel like super great about, but I got yeah. some like medical things and I'm, a, I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm talking to some doctors and whatnot, but cause I got some things going on, but mm. you know, I'm like, you know what, whatever I'm going to do it. I'm going to support my daughter. So we, we've gone on some runs together. Wow. Like she's doing the run. Like that's really cool school. of you though. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm looking for those opportunities, especially as my kids are aging yeah. to like have things to do with them because as they get older, their interests change and you have to like kind of evolve. Well, knowing so, you, you're going to get accidentally obsessed with it here in a couple of weeks. So no you know. running. I've pretty consistently, <laughs> I've pretty consistently okay. hated running. 
my whole life. I just don't have a runner's body. I'm yeah. very disproportionate. Like my torso is super short. Yeah. My legs and arms are I, super long. I thought long. about that a little while ago. Like when you said like, yeah. I'm sitting, I'm sitting on these to, you know, keep up to Drew. He and I are about the same height, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not like he, he's, I'm taller than him. He just short, yeah. short like, torso. Yeah. If I take out my little booster yeah. stuff here. Yeah. This is my natural seating position. Oh, my, my chair's a little low. Yeah, there you go. It's still a little lower. Chair still feels a little lower, yeah. but still. Yeah. That's all I got. But yeah, I have no torso. But you're like what, like six one, six six one. Yeah, oh. so I'm usually six. So, if anything, he's he has an inch yeah. on me, but. But I'm all legs, man. Yeah. All legs. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I did a 16 minute VR exercise in my Les Mills body combat yeah. app, and I about killed myself. Yeah. 16 minutes. I was like, I'm gonna 16 die. Minutes. Yeah. If you don't keep up with it, I'll say I've been very fit in my life. I went to like military college. I, you know, I was running like six miles a day with that group. I could do like 83 push-ups in a minute, that kind of a thing. Like I was super fit in I college. I have never been there. Yeah. But let me tell you. Yeah, things different. It seems like it wasn't that long ago in my mind. And then when yeah. I like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've been, I've been running a while. I do a lot of landscaping and I do a lot of, I'm very active. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't just like straight up run a couple of miles in a while and so when i do it i'm like yeah i got this and then i'm doing i'm like oh boy this feels harder than i remember well i mean there there are there are bodybuilders and there are power lifters and i'd say you're probably more of a power lifter type yeah yeah very much so i i started since since um, my wife started working at home i've been going home um for lunch to you know see her let the dogs out Mm -hmm. that also means i'm no longer just eating these little portable Kroger salads that I used to just eat right, here. Right, right. So I'm eating leftovers. Mm. And I've got this thing in my head. I'm like, okay, well, cool. Let me just make basically what I made the previous night. Like a like a full-on dinner. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I've been eating. So now I'm like, well, all my pants need to go up a size now because I'm mm. eating like full meals and lunch. So I, I just, I told myself, I'm like, just use the small plates. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Like, so. Yeah. Trying to focus on that. It's good. Haven't bought any new pants yet. But. Yeah. Like, when I'm sitting down, I'm like, oh, God, this is different. I feel like. <laughs> feel it man I, I can probably only wear like a quarter of what's in my closet at any oh. time because i fluctuate in weight so much yeah. over the years that like i have all these different sizes yeah like, i have pants ranging from like 36 to 42 yeah it is what it is and the funny part is that i just hear my own voice so much because i've talked to my wife for so many years about body image and body positivity i'm like honey you are beautiful do not compare yourself to others comparison yeah. is the thief of happiness mm. and then here i am balding and gaining weight i'm like oh drew Suck it up, bro. <laughs> Suck it up, man. Don't yeah. be a hypocrite. <laughs> Love yourself. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's self-talk, man. So much about like so much of my self-improvement is just me trying to avoid being a hypocrite. Mm. Like with my son, it's like, hey, no, let's not let's not do screens every, every, all the time. Oh, and then man. here I am, like, I want to play some video games right now, but I'm like, crap, I can't. Oh, it's the worst. Because if I if I play video games, I, I just told him he can't, and I can't justify. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not playing video games either. Dang it. But it's good. It's good. Like I shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. that. There are other things I need to be doing. But mm-hmm. it's not because I'm actually doing discipline. It's just avoiding hypocrisy. Right. I mean, either way, you're ending up at a good place. But still, it's, yeah. it's, it's less fulfilling. With, just, kid, with kids especially, <laughs> it just like holds up a mirror to all of yes. your, your own crap. Oh, 100%. You know, because you're like you know whether i'm like telling my kids about like their their dietary stuff yeah or whatever, you know like oh let's not have a soda at dinner and then i'm like Damn it. <laughs> exactly 
I really wanted to have a, I wanted to grab a Fresca. Yes. You know, it's like, uh, oh. I guess I'll have water again, you know. Oh, man. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But hey, we're doing it, you know. So like we went, um, went on a couple of runs. Um, we had one day where we, her and I did like a run slash hike together, which was kind of cool because like her parents are in like suburbia craziness up in Northern Virginia. Oh, boy. And, but they're like in a neighborhood with, I don't know, like a thousand houses or something crazy. It's a huge neighborhood. Jeez. But, it's like along a creek. So we like drove down to like this other corner of the neighborhood and then like hiked basically like in between these houses and got to the creek and there's like a trail to run. So it's like, we're in like super suburban territory, but we were completely in the woods and all that. And I was just like, ah, this is what I'm talking about. That is awesome. That was fun. So we ran, basically we did like two miles together. Wow. Like run jog, mostly jog. But um, then- How much is a 5K? Like 5K is like three miles. Three miles. Yeah, about that. I've never actually run a 5K. I've never really, I've never you know, ran, like officially, like in a race type thing. No, I've never know. run anything. I've definitely run that amount before, but not in like official capacity. Anyway, um, so we did that. And then later that same day, we um, went to uh, Bull Run Park, which is up in Northern Virginia. Bull Run is like a famous like Civil War, like battlefield type uh, area. But they have these flowers called bluebells yeah. that bloom every spring. I know it's only for like a couple of weeks or whatever. And like literally Rachel's mother, she, they lived in that area for like 35 years, has never gone to see them in bloom. Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. So it was like a bucket list item for her. They're one of the most uniquely shaped flowers. Yeah, I took some pictures and so I'll share it. But it's literally <laughs> like I can't just really like, identify flowers, but bluebells are like, oh, well, obviously. It's bluebells. pretty obvious. They yeah. look like blue. Bells, Bells, yeah. yeah. But uh, we went and did like a whole Bluebell hike. It was like a two-mile hike, and it was like longer than we realized. And Ellie oh, and I just went for a run that morning. And oh, I was like, oh, I got to plan this a little better. We were pretty tired by the end of Oof. it. But um, it was like 75 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, like perfect weather. Rachel didn't feel great, so she stayed back. But like with, you know, her parents and then my kids and all that, I was like, this is pretty perfect. That's awesome. So that was really cool to get to do that. And then the other thing, this was like, we were originally talking about like, okay, this is spring break. We should try to do like something more memorable with the kids. So I was like, we're going to be in the DC area. Maybe I should like take them to Smithsonian, like do some museums. Well, it was also like the busiest time. Everybody else is on spring break. Everybody else is on spring break. And Rachel wasn't feeling great. So I was like, I'm not taking the kids into the city myself. And they were like kind of into it, but not really. So I was like, okay, forget that. So I was like, what else could we do? So um, I've been talking with my brother-in-law. This is, this is going to be a whole thing because, you know, we talk about being serial hobbyists. So I basically started another hobby over spring break with a loose justification of my kids being into it. Um, so uh, my brother-in-law did um, a lot of RC car racing oh. when he was in high school. You've t- we've talked and tangentially he's like, we've about talked that. A little and bit I, here I, and there. And I've seen like, a spark in your eyes about this. Well, okay. I was a kid and I wanted an RC car, but it, like back in the 90s, it was like, Okay, you have this nickel cadmium battery you charge for four hours and right. you drive it for ten minutes and that's all you get. Because we had you know? we had a pencast listener saying, like, oh well, while I'm listening to the pencast, I'm working yeah. on my RC car. And you made a comment like, Yeah, those are really cool. <laughs> yeah, well we got one. You got one. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching some YouTube videos and uh-huh. trying to educate myself a little bit. And I was like, oh, these look really cool. Yep. And my kids were kind of like, ooh, these look really cool. Joseph especially. He was and like, have you oh, built a ramp really and cool. path in your backyard? I did for- build a ramp. Whoa, I was I joking. built a ramp. Yeah, I did. I did. I was yeah. kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. I did. <laughs> so it was the kind of thing that I was like, okay. I was like, the, the concept of what I have of what RC cars were is like 30-year-old technology. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, it has to be way better now. 
And I think especially since the pandemic happened, like RC cars have exploded I in popularity. Bet, yeah. So like the amount of content and other things and how to fix them. And it's like a super tinkerer yeah. kind of thing too. And I was they just like, oh. insanely fast too. Yeah. Like almost like I, I see them driving. I'm like, how is somebody controlling this? Like when I see those drone races, I'm like how, how is a human yeah. being reflexes like this acute? It's I, pretty I cool. Wrap my head around it's it. pretty cool. There's my, there's my ramp. That I built. It's a it's a little ramp, but you know, I'll I'll try and post some of this. But you know, I built a little ramp. So like, oh wow, that's some air right, right there. So yeah, what kind of wood so is that, Brian? Is oh, it it's just fancy? some crappy wood. Yeah, it's like some <laughs> quarter inch plywood that I can. Oh, bend. Okay, all right. It was like a proof of concept kind of. You a didn't ramp. like steam it and make a no, little jig to bend I it. I built it in like an hour oh, and a okay. half. So no, it's it's pretty scrappy, but you know, um, no. So we got the. I originally was just like, okay, we had time on spring break, and I was like, ah. I'm trying to get my kids to do more stuff outside. And I was like, there's some kind of cool we can do together. You get to tinker, get to teach them some stuff about electronics, get to teach them about, I mean, these RC cars, they have like transmissions and differentials. And like, there's a lot of like engineering, like you would have on an actual car. So I'm like, oh, there's like gearing ratios to mess with. And there's servo motors for the steering. And I'm like, there's like nerd technology in here oh my. that I could like share with my kids and oh like boy. be hands-on and all that. So I was like, I was getting into like, doing that kind of stuff with them. So but Joseph is um, into like Lego Technics and stuff. So like oh, yeah. that's kind of tangential to his yeah, interest. Yeah, he was kind of he was kind of into it. So yeah. you know, he was he was feeling the vibe. Cuz there there are motors in Technics, Technics, right? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and you build like your own gearing, you know, things and yeah. you know, you can switch the gears to make it do different things like on the cranes and stuff like that. So yeah, so I originally was like, well, I looked up and I was like, well, there's a hobby store nearby. Let me just let me see, because I've watched a lot of YouTube videos. Let me just go see what these things look like in person. And as soon as we walked into the store, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Wait, so, where'd you go? Um, it was a store called Adrenaline RC or something like that oh, okay. in, in, in the D.C. area. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Um, so this was up there because we had like, I mean, when am I not, not working, have time dedicated with my kids yeah. outside, weather's beautiful. And I was like, all right, feeling the vibe. So, you know, I talked to Rachel ahead of time and I was like, hey, here's how much these things cost. Do I have your your graces if I find something cool? And I found something really I'm cool. I'm sure you did. So I found a car that was like, it was like a pre-owned, but it was like really lightly used. So I got like an even better car than I was anticipating Good getting. Call. But yeah, it can go like 60 miles an hour. Jeez. And the torque on it is insane. It's four wheel drive. And it's just like so freaking fast it's so fun <laughs> so i'm having an absolute blast i'm basically like fulfilling a childhood fantasy of having like a proper rc car did you have like a, a really like commercially or like something you'd see on a commercial of cartoons in the 90s type oh, of rc sure car when I you did. were a kid i had one that was like it was like a track so like tank track type of things uh, yeah so it was like that kind of a thing but it was fairly small it's like maybe a foot you know 14 inches long maybe something like that we had one called the ricochet it was like big fat like airy tires oh yeah so when you run it into something it'd flip over flip but it over. could keep driving could drive upside yeah. down i remember seeing commercials yeah. for that we had that one i don't remember which one i had if i find it all and then i had one i think that's one my brother had but then i had one that the um the wheels started off kind of like narrow and then when it gained up speed oh yeah it would like, like fold up. up yeah, yeah they, they were like they were like accordion sort of yeah, wheels seeing that. and then when the faster you went the more they accordioned up and yeah. kind of got upright I but see now they have like all replaceable parts so yeah. you can I mean, like, you can still get the janky ones at like Target that they're like, oh, know, yeah, yeah. But they have like proper, you know, yeah. sort of like 
sort of like you can get like a fountain pen at like a big box store. Right. But it's like the most basic. You can't, it's like a no-name thing. But then like you get the real stuff and then it's like, okay, it's much better. It's the same kind of thing. So. Oh boy. Yeah, so that's the thing. So that's oh been a, a fun little endeavor. So Here we go. The, Instead of chess updates, we're going to be getting RC car updates. It's not going to be like a whole nerd out thing. It's going to be. See, this would be where you'd flat jump cut to like three pen case from now. It's not going to be a whole nerd out thing. And then all of a sudden like, well, I bought my fourth RC today. You know. <laughs> I have already bought some upgraded parts for it. See, you need to watch out. Like this, this can be edited. I bought some like aluminum drivetrains, and I oh, like bought some like a, a different. What are you? Why are you different don't, gear, gear don't, gearing? Don't say something's not going to become a thing. You know better than that. It's so, it's so fun though. <laughs> it's so fun. This is amazing. Yeah, I love it. But I didn't even realize this is cool. There's a store in our local area called Hobby Town. Yeah, I've been there. They sell like trains and stuff. Yeah, they have tons of RC cars there. Lots of parts and stuff. Yeah, like that. I remember that. I remember, oh, I've yeah. only been in there once. I remember seeing a lot of train stuff off on the left. Train stuff off to the left. They have all kinds of, they have like model rockets and they have all kinds of. I don't know what like I went in there for. I remember they puzzles. didn't have it. They have RC planes and cars and boats and any, all that type of stuff. Oh boy. It's a lot of fun. It's a cool store. So I took Joseph there because we, I already broke apart on the car. So we had to replace it and all that. And it's just a blast. So, yeah. But anyway, that's a cool store. I'm glad you've been there. But can, can you take you it to... like on your, in, in the woods and your, on your trails? Oh, yeah. Ah, nice. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Because the tires on this thing are probably like six inches in diameter. Yeah? So nice. like it can like go from like gravel to grass to, you know, every, it's, it goes everywhere. Can you put a camera on it? I could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to mess around with you that. You need to do like a video through your like trails. first-person view. Yeah, uh, trail, trail cam. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. These GoPros right. are pretty solid image stabilization these days. I do have a GoPro Hero 4 Ooh. from a long time yeah, ago. Probably it was like one of the first ones that had stabilization as a feature. Yeah. No, now the, now super the, old now. Now the stabilization is like next level. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, but anyway, I have a Traxxas Max in case anybody's curious. Traxxas. About, yeah, someone will you know, ask. Whatever that one is. Traxxas is a very popular company, but anyway, cool car. And I'm going to stop talking about that because Woo! it's a whole new thing. It is. Um, last thing in our local area here, we have a Rockler store, which I went and checked yes, out. Just opened up. It's a woodworking hobby store. Which they used to only well. have up in Northern Virginia, right? Well, they used to not have any in this area. Because remember they you said- one, like, They opened one of, like six months ago, maybe up there. Yeah, yeah. But they opened one in our city. Oh, they're yeah. expanding. So I went from the, we oh. I took Joseph to the Lego, like bricks and minifig store. Yeah. And then we went to the Hobby Town and then I went to Rockler and I was like, that, this that, is like the best Saturday yeah. I've ever yeah, that, that, that That's my area. That's where I live. <laughs> yep. So yeah, lots of fun stuff. Anyway. Did you get anything at Rockler? Yeah. Various want? dust collection, like <laughs> adapters and nothing like super exciting. Just oh like I need to collect, I need to connect like the box that I have my table router. Cause like it just spews wood chips everywhere, but I didn't have the hose connection that I needed to connect the like dust collection up to the top part of the fence. So I needed that. And it's like all specific sizes and super boring. I'm but. surprised you needed, you knew exactly what, like you just went in there casually, but you knew what size of dust collector you needed to get to be compatible to what you have. Yeah. I didn't know a hundred percent, but I was pretty sure. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. very specific part. Yeah. You know, you it's the kind of thing like you just know after a while. Oh, okay. Cause I have a, bought like three other types that didn't fit oh and so i know by uh, process of elimination okay, that helps that helps <laughs> had i like planned it out better i would have brought some of the parts with me to be yeah. sure but i ended up buying the right thing anyway so it nice. all worked out but. do you have one of those table saws that have the uh like you know where you can put a hot dog on it and it won't it'll like not cut the hot I dog i don't have one of those this is called a saw stop i feel like you you, you would you, <sighs> yeah very very yeah. very safe woodworker yeah i just you know 
I bought a different one. All right. Well, don't cut your fingers off. I won't. Thank you. I treat all tools like they're going to kill me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and thankfully, I've never had any serious injuries. But, well done. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. All tools yeah. are enemies. I mean, basically, <laughs> yeah, you're dealing with like a, you know, giant spinning blade. Oh, yeah. If it can cut wood, it can certainly cut your fingers. So, yeah, got to be careful. Got to respect these things. Anyway, um, got a couple company updates and then we can wrap this thing up. All right. Couple quick updates here. Um, first one, I mean, this will already be happening probably by the time you see this, but we have a mental health half day for our company on Friday this week. And apparently I'm going to just You're have, gonna have some hangry Joe's. I'm gonna just my mental health is gonna be soothed by some spicy chicken. The hardest part for you is do you get the chicken and waffles or get the chicken sandwich? Because they're both amazing. I love a chicken sandwich. This chicken sand get the chicken sandwich first. Okay. Because you've had good chicken and waffles. And this won't be like the best chicken and waffles because it's a little more fast foodish, okay. fast casual. Gotcha. But the chicken sandwich is gonna, it's gonna knock your socks off. I'll, I will be ready Do to it. lose my socks. The chicken is like so big, God, it's yeah. like you have to eat like an entire sandwich's worth of chicken before you get to the bun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, kind of like the one at um, Toast. Yes, like the one I got when yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, but bigger. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, big chicken. we do have two videos that we've put out that we wanted to bring to your attention. One is uh, Drew did a top teal ink video, which is why our ink, top teal inks are out of stock, maybe. Yep. Um, and then I have a video on the updated video on my top three daily carry pens, top three slash five, because I can't narrow down even my own three. You want to you, you know something about that top teal inks video? What's that? I hate it. What? I can't like I Why? think I, I think I sound so annoying. I just I, oh, I don't come on. It's just one of the I'm sure you've had those where you've made a video be like, well, that was dumb. Like, I don't know. I look at that thing. I'm like, man, Drew, shut up. Like everybody is so nice in the comment. Like, oh, Drew, you're being funny. You're being silly. I'm like, I, I can't. I'm like, this guy is annoying me. I mean, not everyone can be a winner, right? Like, oh, man. I mean, it, no one said anything negative about it. But man, I, I, I watched it. And, you know, while I'm doing the YouTube upload. I'm like, oh, God, I wish this guy would shut up. <laughs> Oh, man. Every now and then, usually I'm like, all right, it's fine. But every now and then I'm like, man, Drew is annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, so. But luckily no one is saying that but me, which I I appreciate. But like, not like, I mean, I could could take it if anybody did decide it because, I mean, we all annoy ourselves at some point, right? For sure. Oh, I've definitely had videos I've made where I'm like, I don't ever want to watch that It's it's one of those. It's one of those. I'm like, man, you're acting like a fool. Be quiet. But it happens. It's silly. And I just wanted to talk about some teal inks and, you know, I try to make it entertaining. But golly, (laughs) people are very patient with me and I appreciate it. Jump the shark a little bit on it. I don't know. Either way, people are ridiculously kind. So anyway, there you go. Watch it if you feel like it. (laughs) Go check that out now. Now that you know it's Drew's least favorite video. (laughs) hates himself. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, all right that's what we got for this week um we're gonna wrap this thing up uh i want to thank everybody for watching please leave us some feedback let us know how we're doing ask us questions um you can leave it in the comments here instagram you know youtube community post if we do that pencast at goodlypens.com if you want to email um check out goodlypens.com for fountain pens ink paper all that good stuff um okay so I was creatively bankrupt when I was coming up with my random facts this week. Drew was like, do some 1984 facts. And I was like, cool. 
So I tried to use AI to prompt it and it just didn't give me some great ones. Oh no. I was like, give me five interesting facts. And the first one was like the Indian prime minister assassination. I'm like, that's not I, I came across that one a lot too. I yeah. wouldn't mess with that. So, you know, there was the Olympics, the Los Angeles uh, Olympics well, that were boycotted by Russia. Sure, sure. Well, I wanted to like not leave on, <laughs> on a downer <laughs> note, um, but there were a couple that were kind of interesting. So um, first one is uh, the first TED conference. Oh, Happened yes. in February 1984. I had that written down I had earlier. no idea Ted was that old. Yep. No idea. I thought it started when the internet happened. No. Nope. YouTube specifically. I didn't know but, that either. So that's kind of interesting. So Monterey, California in February 1984. There you go. Um, and then the other one that was kind of interesting um, was DNA fingerprinting. Happened Ooh, in 1984. I did not know that. Yep. Alec oh. Jeffries discovered DNA fingerprinting, revolutionary technique used to identify individuals based on their unique DNA patterns. So that's kind of neat. Nice. 1984. 84. So, there you go. Orwellian. Year of the rat. By the way. Yep. So my, my son asked me like thing. that. He was like, I'm a horse. Where are you? I'm like, I'm a rat. A rat. Yeah. Yay. Yep. Dang. I'm a tourist too. I'm a bull. Bull and a rat. Bull crap and I'm rat. Two fish tied Self. together at the butt. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. That's all we got for y'all this week. Good to be back. We'll be back for the next several weeks. And uh, yeah, right on. 